Hey everybody, welcome back to Words Word Speak Season 2, proudly brought to you by Poison City Brewing and Nikon South Africa. Uh, thanks for the cameras guys and for the awesome cold beers to keep us hydrated during the episodes. Now on today's episode, we've got Chris Rogers. If you've ever seen anything filmed with one of these guys, the GoPro, Chris has probably got something to do with it. Um, he's a content creator for GoPro, he's been with them since the beginning, so anything you can think of worth doing with a GoPro, Chris has probably done it. Um, really awesome episode, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Enjoy. Of uh, GoPro ever decides <laughs> to get into podcasts, uh, we are more than happy to receive a couple free GoPros. They've just started a GoPro podcast. Hmm? At, they've just started a GoPro podcast. No way. Like at the GoPro office in. Well, if they want to give us three, bad, I, I was thinking of doing like a, a three sixty version podcast. So I should have brought my Max with me. Yeah. Yeah, we could do the go. future, man. It's, it's insane. Do you understand how the whole thing works with the? Yeah, I mean it's it's two lenses that shoot more than 180 degrees, and then how do they cancel out the stick? That's what I'm trying to. Because it's along the stitch line of the camera, so the camera when it's stitching the footage, you know, it's you're shooting almost like an arm. So like you look at the two arms. Yeah, like I can still see you from this side. Mm. Well, I mean, if you've got one camera that's say shooting 190 degrees and 190 degrees on the other side, yeah, that's overlap. more than 360s. They overlap and that's when they're stitched. And then they'll just stitch it below the camera in such a way that it just maybe stitches a little bit more than normal so yeah. that it edits out the hole. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are we rolling, by the way? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, for those that don't know, we recorded for about an hour or so before Garage Band decided to stop playing our audio and canceled everything. So, for those of you that don't know Chris Rogers, he's basically Cargo's wet dream. If you watch any of it, who's wet dream? Cargo. Is this Cargo? Cargo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the musician. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does use a lot of that kind of stuff, yes. I guess. Yeah. So look on his. If you looked on uh, any of Chris's, uh, any of Chris's videos, check out his Instagram. He basically lives the life that all of us want to live, but there's a lot more that makes it up. I mean, we've covered topics from coronavirus to breaking his legs. So everything yeah, we did talk far in between. And I don't even know how to start this one again. Do we pretend and have a new conversation about something we've already spoken about? How about we summarize some of the sections? We can summarize. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it again and just yeah, know, keep keep the, the audience oblivious. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I filmed and edited that people think like, oh, yeah. it happened like that. It's like, no, it actually did. <laughs> but also, like, I don't feel like pretending like faking a conversation mm. you know what i mean yeah you wouldn't last a day in my industry man it's really? all it's all fake and yeah it's a yeah. lot of fake stuff i mean that that's entertainment that's 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 just how it works you know yeah. a lot of stuff scripted and or fake and in inverted commas but but yeah. it's like it's, the same thing from three different angles that needs to be taken yeah but i mean you'll script a joke or you'll script i mean i mean something might happen naturally and organically and then you won't have the cameras rolling and you're like do that again you just got to hope the people around right, yeah. Are actually good enough to act that out and keep it genuine because a lot of people yeah. if they're not in that industry because models aren't exactly actresses uh you'd be surprised depending on what kind of modeling they deal with i yeah. i really like working with models versus like i'm sure you do other sort of <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i remember the first time i worked with like high i wouldn't say high end but like 
actual professional models who make money modeling, not Instagram models. Yes. And Important this is a generalization again for sure, but the one big standout thing for me is a model will do anything it takes to get the shot. They'll wake up at 5 a.m. They understand the industry. They understand like they've got to do a take a hundred times. Where yes. I remember like with one of, I worked with, yeah, I worked with one or two influencers. This is a while back and they were just like, these girls weren't professional models. They might have been science agents, but they weren't, they weren't the girls who were making money modeling. Like, yeah. But they could be Instagram models. And it's just like, all right, we're going to go to this beach at 5 a.m. to get golden hour, blah, blah. And they're just like, ah, oh, like, isn't the light good? Like, at like any time of the day? It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, any pro model fully understands that. And yeah, this, this, this person just didn't. Like I said, it's a generalization. The people who understand like the value yeah. of getting a shot or like I always appreciate it. if people go the extra mile to get the shot like that, that resonates really well with me because yes. that's, that's very much what I do. You that, know? And I always that, feel... That's funny. I'm just thinking about yeah. um, the trip we took to Mexico. We spoke about it earlier, obviously. And with when you guys are swimming with the crocodile, so I can just imagine yeah. saying to the model, listen... I need the shot. Well, the thing with that model <laughs> is she's like obsessed with swimming with sharks and crocodiles and things. So she was all about it. She was like, that was the highlight of a trip that she got to swim with the crocodile. Like this girl goes and free dives with so many different kinds of sharks. So she was like frothing on it. I know other models for sure would not be keen, but I yes. usually, I usually work with people that are not afraid to, you know, fucking send it. So yeah. Otherwise, we're just it's not gonna work. What's with the whole sending thing? Is it your own brand? No, I definitely started, you know, coining the phrase and using it a lot, but it's definitely not mine. But yeah. it's, uh, it just kind of, it's definitely more, sort of out there with the, I guess the jackass lifestyle, the action sport industry, where it's just like, you know, just send it, go for it, like just yeah. do it. But um, where's the branding from? Is it its own thing? Uh, so I've seen you wearing shirts. Oh, that was some like I was try Sorry, doing some like yeah. yeah, I was doing some trial sort of merch, if you will. Just like it was. Um, I, I want cool. Yeah, I wanted to do something with it. Just haven't made the time for it. Um, but we got some like samples printed. And I was like, well, let's just start wearing. It. We'll start wearing it during shoots and vlogs and see how many people take notice. And you just see like people DMing you or going in the comments like, oh, where can I get that shirt? It's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you're not even mentioning it. You're just subtly putting it in to like see if anybody takes notice. And if someone does, then you know like oh, maybe it's something that's worth uh, trying out. So I hope we get. To, I, I it's definitely something. Have you had much of a response already? Um, I've, I've had some people message me and say, oh, it was just some sample merch we were trying out and people are like, well, let us know when it's ready. But, no, that's cool. um, it's, yeah, doing something like that is definitely, uh, something I'd like to do at some point this year, but I don't have the time to run a whole, I need to outsource the whole thing. So yeah. there's a few companies I have in mind for that, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, a future problem right now it's not a, a main priority like yes. I, I i love filming and editing that's what i want to do and i want to there's lots of other revenue streams available to me but i need to get i need to hire other people to take care of that for me yes yeah i'm with you mark just checking because i'm freaking out on a couple of things now uh screen recording is it on okay how often are we going to do the whole saving of okay okay I've had that with Premiere Pro projects before. And it's so I'm so glad I'm probably one of the only content creators out there who hasn't got an Adobe sponsorship 
which is really shitty because it's like I want an Adobe sponsorship. Yeah. It's easy to and I can talk it's easy to promote. Yeah, but I, fuck, I can talk as much shit about it. <laughs> and it's so funny. I've had friends do Adobe endorsement deals, and then they'll post like, like talking trash talking about Adobe on their close friends thing on Instagram stories. It's like they've just done it like a product placement of like one of the premier pros on the Instagram page like last week, and then they're just like fuck you premier you crashed again on their like close friends list and it's just oh like, that's so funny so brilliant like that's yeah trash. so Ad- adobe if you want to work with me i'd love to work with you but yeah sort your fucking shit out <laughs> yeah garage band mac pro 2012 <sighs> yeah there's there's your issue 2012 yeah, stop trying to send me just yeah. stop i mean i'll give apple credit for making products that have good longevity and resale value but okay yeah sometimes i don't know i just bought the newest macbook and it cost me a lot of money and i still feel like it could be faster and better it's good it's insane it's yeah. absolute weapon but it's just like really you got 64 gigs of ram and eight eight gig graphics card and you're still like you know going ham with the fan and i mean it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't o- it doesn't overheat as much as the old ones but i don't know i was just like i thought you were gonna handle this stuff a little bit better but <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out all the things we covered. I know we spoke about Corona for a bit. You just came back from Mexico. From Mexico and, and Florida. Yeah. Um, and guys were... That's... It, were all right because I mean, the, the es- bomb hadn't dropped. Yep, I just... It's the 18th of March, by the way. I haven't seen anything escalate this quickly. It was just like... When I was on that shoot in Mexico, it was with an Italian company... Um, and they were all from Italy, not from the north, which is where it first started. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, Corona just hit the north of Italy. Okay, but like we're told we've been in Mexico and um, it's not in our area. Yeah. But then they were like starting to get worried about like how easy is it going to be to get back home? Or like if we get back home, are we going to be on lockdown by the time we get there? Um, and I left Mexico. I was in Florida for like just shy of a week. And then, yeah, f- I got home last Saturday, but I had to leave America on the thursday to get home on the saturday yeah um had a eight hour layover at night at jfk slept in the airport in the in the sorry slept in a hotel in the airport um, but you said generally the vibe there was all right because everyone was pretty chilled a lot of people were you know the hand sanitizers were taken off for sure the masks. and the masks were were out and about but um yeah, yeah. we've got hands <laughs> can I actually have some I went the and yeah. um yeah I mean my flights were yeah my flights were were pretty empty-ish well, my flight from the US was more uh, empty I had a whole row to myself which was cool um and it wasn't too packed from Dubai to Cape Town but um yeah like I said I had a f- friend who's been doing her masters or whatever in milan in italy and her uni closed down she was staying at a house in north italy and then had to drive across the border to france and then flew home and like she'd left that three days more she would have been stuck in italy yeah i mean one thing we did touch on is possible conspiracies around this whole thing and i'm just saying although china was taking a beating Mm. in the first couple weeks they're the first guys that have recovered those hospitals thousand bed hospital that took them 10 days i mean we we're speaking about it you can find the so time lapse on yeah. google it looks like ants with bulldozers <laughs> building this thing that's probably efficiency yeah. i mean and they've closed those things down already and now they've nationalized was i think they've nationalized their health system 
for the first time or bro science. So I, when I say bro science, I can say whatever I want without fact checking. Mm. And they're actually buying now into the stock market because the stock market's at all time low. And so they're buying into a lot of heavy things. And by the end wow. of this, I'm saying in a year's time, in a year's time, they'll be at the top. They'll be in the top economy in the world. And you know what? Like, people talk so much shit about the Chinese, but you know, people talk shit about the Russians and certain yeah. things. Certain things hold true as much bullshit as it might be. Like, I wouldn't put it past believing that because ethics, ethics in China, mm-hmm. are few and far between from what the very little I've seen in terms of, you know, people starting businesses and then yeah. you know someone else can just you, know, you started a a watch company or sunglass company is like suddenly five other brands have the exact same model you have and they've just slapped their logo on it you know yes chinese are are, are known for doing that yeah in, in terms of that manufacturing side of things and you can't do anything as a brand because you go to the court in china and they just go no sorry like i mean it happened with bmw i know top gear covered this years ago clarkson did a whole thing about they found this it was a carbon copy of the bmw x5 like exactly the same and just a chinese logo on it and bmw took them to court in china and the chinese judge goes looks at the x5 looks at the car no it's not the same bye-bye different logo yeah (laughs) bye-bye bmw sorry for you come on yeah i mean so like what i heard is i mean of course you're going to protect the locals you know yeah yeah i heard before uh like the whole one of the major things Trump was talking about before he got into presidency was um, the problems that the U.S. were putting themselves in when they signed all those trade agreements with China, because apparently China devalued their currency so that people can pay less for things, and super illegal. Interesting. And when basically the U.S. went back to them now, and uh, Donald Trump got them to sign, saying that. Uh, basically to to not to regulate these trade agreements mm. make them a little bit better than they were before and shortly after that boom my opinion if I'm, if I'm a conspiracy theorist mm. bioweapon in Wuhan because as I don't know the only bioweapon lab of sorts in the whole of China is based in Wuhan what? yeah fact check oh. that one. I mean it put boosted boards out of business I mean that's what they say but I honestly think they might have made okay check this hmm. okay this must might also be a bro science site are we gonna go i think that's what we should yeah. actually change but that's, the podcast that's the other thing bro science. science so we can say whatever yeah. we want and we just like nerds that's the other thing that's so different about america compared to here here there's a lot of so- certain regulations and laws in place to protect local businesses like if you if you buy clothing overseas and ship it here you yeah. get nailed for taxes like it's like i remember i i i um i bought a, a bikini for this girl that i <laughs> should really choose what i was i was i was i was dating this girl in, in in uni and i bought this bikini for her and it was an australian company but it shipped out of somewhere in asia yeah and it was like a lot of money at the time so she's a student and mm. um yeah i told her like yeah this is your freaking combined birthday and christmas present but um anyway get shipped here and i and they're like basically like oh here's your taxes and fees and whatnot and i it was like i bought the bikini a second time i was like what the fuck yeah like it's never never again am i am i getting any sort of clothing center and one of my friends she has a 
uh, a clothing company in South Africa or a swimsuit company. Yeah, shout it out. What's it called? Um, no, I don't know if I. Sh- I mean, I want to shout it out, but you don't. Know. But I don't. But but I don't know if she still does the whole thing that she's. But it's. I don't know if it's a. Ille- it's not illegal, but it's not. Anyway, anyone, anyone who, anyone who knows me knows exactly what swimwear company I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's yeah, you can bleep that out. We can decide. But basically, I know what they were doing, or what every clothing company in South Africa does. It's not just her. Um, uh, this was this was when she was starting out. It's probably very different now. Um, but what what companies do is they if they're getting clothing shipped from China. You know, they are, let's say they get an order and they pay 100,000 Rand for it. But the invoice from China with the package is going to say 40 grand because then they're going to get taxed on the 40 grand, not taxed on 100,000. Yes, yeah. So you pay your supplier 100K, but the supplier says the value of your product is 40K. So yeah. you get taxed on 40K, not taxed on 100, but you got to make sure that it's not below the threshold where SARS know, like, there's no ways that this stuff only costs. 40k like if they know because they'll, they'll have a sheet of what everything should like the lowest it could possibly ever be yeah and like say you get your supplier to say it's 20k and SARS know that the lowest that this thing could ever be was 30k then you get a fucking nail yeah F&B have made that super difficult now because we used to bring in quite a lot of imports okay. and uh, F&B's not Forex I think it is a Forex team uh, when you want to buy anything from overseas you go to make the payments and then send the invoice that goes with it. And then they wait for that invoice number to be received in uh, their, their So if you're buying stuff overseas? Yeah, so if we're importing like commercial goods, mm-hmm. bringing in when it lands in South Africa, they match that exact invoice and the amount you pay to China is the same. And they match that up against the <sighs> import number, which is good. So Yeah, I mean, it's good, that. but like, I don't know. If, if my tax money in South Africa was being used properly, I'd be fine paying tax but luckily i don't pay tax in this country because i spend enough time out of it so really but that's changed that law's changing with the whole that whole x-back tax uh you're no longer a tax resident if you spend 183 days out of south africa and 60 at once so last year i spent 33 percent of the year in south africa jeez one third one third you're gonna try match that this year no i'll do the bare minimum i need to do but but the law is changing this year that you just don't pay tax on your first million yeah. rand, which is a decent freaking chunk of change. Yeah, that's a lot of time yeah. to see. So I can't... It's a lot, man. But I'm lucky. I don't have a tangible business. I can work from wherever yeah. there's internet connections. So. But I don't know. Like I, I listened to this podcast the other day where this like sleep expert in sleep was talking. And he's like, the reason so, so many of us feel so tired when we travel is because when you sleep in a foreign place, especially for the first couple of days, because it's new to you and mm. your brain's on high alert. So only half your brain sleeps. Dude, I'm, I'm honestly, it's, it's become the norm to me over the last two yeah. years. I, you can ask anyone where I got a reputation last year for being the guy who could pass out anywhere at any time. Like the, like every, every trip I was on, there was just like, if we were on any mode of transport, it's just like, there's me, someone's taking a selfie and there's me in the background just passed out. Like <laughs> whether it's a 10 minute bus ride or an hour flight or whatever, like yeah. any time where I didn't need to be awake, I was, I was asleep. Like, it, it became like a trend on certain trips to like fill me past up. Um, and, I, and, and, and anyone who knows me, like I slept badly as a kid and I slept really badly. And um, yeah, nowadays I can pass out anywhere, any time. And I, I'm lucky I don't, 
I don't have a job that I have to be at at nine in the morning or whatever. So I can, if I'm not tired, I just stay up until I am tired. Yeah. And I mean, you can't do that obviously if you're on a shoot where you have to freaking wake up at six in the morning and be, sure. but if I, if I have that sort of pressure on me, I like, I just push through it and it's fine. And then I'll yeah. pass out whenever, I mean, but that's the one thing where I definitely don't get the sleep I'm supposed to, but that's yeah. kind of like the one thing we were chatting about earlier in our brilliant first go at this podcast about, um, the, the iceberg effect when it comes to your kind of line of work. I see you, they said dating models, maybe, but <laughs> running around with models, taking shots in yeah. crystal blue water. You're like, seeing the you highlights have, package. You, know, you have the laugh, yeah. man. Yeah. But behind that... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love what I do. It's it ridiculous that I get paid to do what I do sometimes. Yeah. But but, but I've put in the, the hours, man. It's taken me, what, eight years to get here. Yeah. Um, but, like, let's talk a bit about those things that guys don't see. Yeah, you know, the people, like, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's just like that million dollar challenge video and I talk about, oh, it's a self-investment trip and it's like, you know, and someone in the comments goes, oh, it's not a self-investment, it's called a holiday, but it's like, no, dude, a holiday is not waking up at five every morning, shooting through golden hour, you know, pushing your body to film, uh, you know, wakeboarding, cliff jumping, like, this sounds like fun, but you're pushing your body because like, you cliff jump once or twice, that's fine, but if you're doing the same jump 20 times, yeah, like, I did that in, in on my shoot in Bali because we were trying to get the shot that was so difficult that it required like 20 takes. Dude, my knees were so sore from doing like 20 backflips in a row because what I realized is like when I did this trick, I would, without realizing it, my knees were actually hitting each other like mid-flip. But you don't notice that. But after like the 15th time, I was like, fuck, my knees are so sore and like why are my feet sore? And like, it, it, you know, um, people don't people don't see that. They just see like, oh, there's the perfect flip. One take no it took 20 takes and um in the million dollar challenge the the, the what's the million dollar challenge for those that don't know so basically uh when gopro released their hero 7 and hero 8 cameras so that was in 2018 2019 instead of them spending a million dollars or whatever they usually do to produce a high-end launch video for their camera yeah. they just go okay well we'll take the, that budget and offer it to the public so now the public buys the new camera shoots awesome stuff with it, sends GoPro the raw footage and they split it amongst everyone with a cap of 100 people, which means a minimum payout of $10,000. Okay, but what if you get selected for more than one video that you take? It doesn't matter, it gets split evenly. So I got like six, six clips in, I just got paid the same as everyone else. Okay. Yeah. But we were tactical with that, that we submitted on other profiles to try increase our prize pool so we could split. Uh, yes, to a certain degree. Okay, cool. Like, I mean... I still, you know, I got, so I, in the first one, I got like two shares, if you will, like two cuts, but then I still paid like the other people who were in the video and I had other expenses. So it wasn't like, clean. yeah, it wasn't full profit or whatever. I'd spent a lot already. So, um, yeah, like I covered costs for athletes and other people during that shoot and they got, they got their full own cuts and they kept that. Yeah. And then, yes, I got two, but then from that, I still covered my expenses and paid other people who were used in the video that didn't end on their own profile, if that makes sense. I mean, and that's the risk for you as well, because sure. you go in advance hoping when we spoke about this yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. My plan B was that was plan B for that whole thing was like, well, if I don't get selected, at least I have all this insane footage that I'll find a way to yeah. monetize in one way or another. Where'd you, know? you go to shoot for that? Uh, Turks and Caicos. The nice. baby, baby Bahamas. What's it, the baby, baby brother of the Bahamas? That's not as 
Well, it's taking off. It's, a, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, if you have the chance to go to Turks and Caicos, go to Turks and Caicos. It's expensive, but it's the bluest board I've ever seen in the world. It's beautiful. And if you go there, go to hit up the guys at Wake to Wake. They'll if you've seen my videos from Turks and Caicos and you want to do that, just message the guys at Wake to Wake. Yeah. Turks and Caicos. They they'll show you the best time ever. It's insane. Come on. Yeah. Um let's let's get I wanna know a bit more about uh about high guns the whole photo scene. I mean, photography scene. Mm. I know it came at the expense of two of your limbs. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, like I said, I was I grew up in a very outdoors, water skiing orientated family and um I was really into my wakeboarding was when I was a lot younger and would compete here and there and then um when I was fifteen I broke both my legs on a snowboarding trip. Um so I'm just going from just going too fast, fast and then to slow, fast to slow. Quickly. Yeah. Like I said, speed doesn't kill you, suddenly stopping does. Um, and, uh, yeah, put me in a wheelchair for three months, had all this free time. And, um, you know, as a 15 year old, you don't really have anything to worry about except for school. So had so much free time and this was before social media. So I mean, Facebook was just making a scene at the, at the time. Shit, I'm giving away how old I am. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I picked, I picked up my dad's camera and just started snapping some shots and playing around. And I would go to all those, you know, wakeboard events and whatnot and, and shoot my friends because I couldn't ride in the events. And um, everyone was kind of stoked on the shots because it was like for once a wakeboarder is actually taking the photos, not somebody from like the newspaper or a magazine who doesn't really know the sport that well. And yeah. I remember when I was riding and see photos of myself, I'd always be pissed off because I was like, well, fuck, why'd you take the photo then? Like I did this and I grabbed like this would have been the best time to take the photo not then and yes. like I knew that as a, as 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 you're in the sport. exactly so I knew exactly when to take the shots um and then I just played around with like long exposure photography and just played around with it and um when I sort of healed up from my injury I, I was really into my surfing and that was when GoPro were just focusing all their marketing on surfing um because that's all it was it was a surfing orientated camera and then became more action sports and then years later became for everything but and you um, had on a gopro from the time it was i got the hero one which was late 2010 okay so yeah. that was the first hd camera that was the camera that like really put them on the scene um and i remember seeing that and seeing what they were getting filming skateboarding when i was like damn i should get this to film myself and my mates you know doing what we do and saved up and bought it and then started making videos and then yeah they at least the 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 GoPro distributors in South Africa took notice pretty quick, which was cool. Cause back then there wasn't much GoPro content. So any half decent GoPro content stood out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was so much easier to stand out back then than it is now. And, um, yeah, built a relationship with them and, um, yeah, it just snowballed into what it is now, which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you picked up a sponsor after trying to get, trying to win that wavescape. Contest. yeah so I, close yeah wave wavescape had this sort of film festival competition and um gopro were one of the main sponsors um and i got second place but in the end i actually ended up getting a sponsorship out of the yeah the the video so i mean at the time it sucked to not win but it actually just ended up working out better because they gopro actually were like hey we like what you do let's let's chat and that's just gopro south africa that was GoPro South Africa. And I always wanted to get noticed by, by the guys in the States. I was like, what am I doing wrong that is not getting me noticed overseas? Because um, back then GoPro had this thing called photo and video of the day. They still do photo of the day. They don't do video of the day anymore. But like if you got video of the day back then, 
and they posted your video from YouTube, you were getting like, you know, minimum 30, 40,000 views. Come on. Yeah. Just from them sharing it before Facebook just ruined everything. Um, and uh, I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, why? The GoPro and stuff really love me. Like, what am I doing wrong that's not getting me noticed by the guys overseas? And I realized, like, I'm using the GoPro not the way that they want it. They want you to capture it from a crazy angle that only a GoPro can do, not a point and shoot. Yes. You know? So I, I called up a friend and she's a, uh, she was really, she was like the South Africa wakeboarding champ at the time. And we went out to Blue Rock for the day and I went crazy with all the angles, had like a pretty gold, just absolutely killing it on the wakeboard. Yes. I was like, and GoPro, lo- GoPro will always choose a girl doing something cool over a guy. It's just, just the way they do. Okay. They're always trying to push, you know, that girls fucking kill it as well, which yeah. is awesome, which is really cool that they do that. Um, and that was before I even knew that. But so I made this video, edited, I was like, and when I edited this video, I was like, this is the best GoPro video I've ever made at the time. Um, post on my YouTube channel, sent it off to them. And like within a week, they're like, Hey, we love this. Like we were going to make a video of the day. Can we get the raw footage? And, um, it was cool. They sent, they sent, um, so Melissa, Melissa Colborn was the wakeboard I used and they sent her a camera for being featured on the thing. And they posted on their YouTube channel as well. Made, they made their own version of the video. And that was kind of like when they first took notice of me and I think like a year later, they sort of put me on their like ambassador program. I was on a on a trip in the Philippines um, with two other mates and it was, it was a holiday, but it was a wakeboarding holiday. And I, I wanted to make some videos out of the trip. And um, that was like one of my first, first like self-investment, like traveling trips where holiday. Was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holiday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we were there having a lot of fun, but I was filming a crap ton. Yeah. I filmed more than I would have liked to. I would, I, there was a lot of stuff I wanted to like improve on my own writing, which I didn't really, I think I learned like two new tricks and I wanted to learn like, 10 yeah. but anyway um that's when they released that session camera that little coupons this is 2015 yeah and i got a message from someone GoPro, like hey like welcome to the gopro family we've sent you the new camera um it's not coming out for like another two weeks so don't tell anyone yet or um but like and i was like oh like i'm in the philippines right now and this is going to south africa they're like oh well let us know if you got it when you get home I was like, Fuck. um and they're like they sent me another message like, don't worry we're sending you one to the philippines like it's like Jeez. what this is sick yeah. get it so and wait then, so you ended up with two yes yes but but i mean the other one was back home and i wasn't i was in yeah. the philippines for like almost a month and i get the camera and like it's so cool it's like this is before the public can get it and now it's been now the camera's been released but it's not you can't buy it for like another three weeks or something so it's like yeah. exclusive access and they are like in the package we get they're like oh there's a film competition if you make a sick video with the new camera, you can win like a trip to the States and come hang out with GoPro and some, some epic experience. Yeah. And there was one for each sort of area, uh, or which they deal with. So it's like Europe, it's like Europe, Middle East and Africa is one and Asia's one, Australia's one and the States is one. They're like five different main areas that GoPro kind of splits up into. So I was like, sick, I'm totally going to try to do this. Make a video was in the Philippines, put it out. I didn't end up getting that, but that video just like blew up online. And it was when I realized Why like, that, uh, two reasons. It was because the camera was so new and it was like one of the first videos to come out from somebody else about uh, the new camera. So people yeah. are researching like, Oh, about the new GoPro and they see, Oh, someone else has already got it and they're playing around with it. 
And that was the first time I realized the power of having a good title and a good thumbnail. So like the thumbnails is my friend Candace. She's the one holding the camera in her hand and it's like her in a bikini holding a dome shot, like holding camera. But for the first week, the thumbnail was my arm holding the camera like this and like the volcano and lake in the background. It's a cool shot. Yes. And it got like 14,000 views the first week, which was above average because it was, you know, a hot topic at the time. I changed it to her. The next week it got like 100,000. And it's now it's on what's it on one point one million. Was this your yeah. first million? Yo, um, this is twenty fifteen. It might be okay. It might be. It was either this or a Bali video. I th- okay. Yeah, one of the two. Mark, we need to find a way to put girls in bikinis in our thumbnails. Yeah. <laughs> it depends what what market you're trying to hit yeah. you know i feel like you guys are mostly probably going to be more a male orientated um demographic which i think is a good idea because you guys are males yeah. and not to hate <laughs> on things but if a guy has a female audience there's a pretty obvious reason why and if a girl has a male audience there's also a very obvious reason why yes and as males it's easier to sell products to males than it is the other way around. You know, if you're a if you're a Instagram model who po- posts lingerie photos, yeah. you're probably doing brand endorsement deals for that like that new manscaped thing, which is for guys to shave their nuts with. You know, <laughs> but those girls would lo- probably those girls would probably. Yeah. Mm. Kidding me? Show me this thing. Wow. No, I want to see this thing. I don't know. I don't really want to do this, but I mean, here we go. Manscaped. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to take that's it. not to take any anything away yeah. from these girls and what they're doing and not not like putting them down for for anything like it's just it's just you got to cater to your audience you know i had a friend he's a really good looking dude he makes awesome content like he's got some really funny skits and stuff and he's like a really funny guy but he's also extremely good looking and his audience is mostly girls yeah so like even though guys like his con- would like his content, he has a bigger female audience. And Axe Deodorant wanted to work with him, like, hey, man, we dig your shit. We think it's cool. Like, and they're like, send us over your, your, your demographics. And he had like 70% female. And they're like, man, like, we would love to work with you, but like, it doesn't, Crazy, it doesn't yeah. make, it doesn't make sense, which, which is really, you know, that's a, that's a, a shitty one because yeah. he does deserve to work with them. His content's awesome. But unfortunately, he had a more female-orientated audience at the time. Yeah, if Mark was hosting the podcast, it'd also be a more female-oriented. <laughs> I need another lead. Yeah, and I think people are making that shift now. Other other creators, like, I never used to watch Logan Paul. I absolutely... Are we still rolling? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I, featuring for the first time. Okay, cool. Female views just went up. <laughs> yeah, the... the, the um, I hated what his content represented and it was so superficial and it was like yeah. it was just like you know you're not cool unless you're wearing like a fifty thousand dollar watch and driving lamborghinis and just acting like a douchebag and like mm. sure i like if someone was paying me seven figures to act like a douchebag and run around oh, i would have like anyone would have done that, yeah, what he yeah. did without it he's an insane entertainer he's, he's phenomenal yeah. like also, I think you're so young you get that amount of, of money of course like course if you're that young man like i think about how i was when i was 22 versus how i am now it's like i i I feel like i've changed a lot as a person you just mature you know yeah and now now he's like shifted his whole content strategy and he's sort of taking the david dobrik approach like like one or two of his videos recommended to me the other day i was like okay it's a four minute video i'll watch i hate watching 
I just hate watching people talk, man. Mm. Like, I hate when people just blow, oh, we're going to go do this. And then we're going to fucking shut up. Show me. Entertain <laughs> me. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just the way I consume content. Some people love the conversation, but that's for them. Like, I don't want that. That's why... Do you know who David Dobrik is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, like, I, he's the guy I probably watch the most religiously on YouTube because yeah. it's quick, it's entertaining. Like, I'll happily consume that content. Mm. And now Logan's taking that approach and it's like, well, fuck, his vlog's actually really sick. I was like, I, for, for the first time ever, subscribed to Logan Paul a week ago and I'll, I'll say that on record. Like, okay. I was like, he's yeah. taken but such a shift in. He's style. such a smart dude, man. He's so smart. Did you see the latest one? I think it was him. Um, got knocked out by a UFC fighter. I haven't actually watched that one, but I've seen people talking about it. Is it? It's not no, I did watch. I did watch it's some of that one. I did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how real that was. Yeah, exactly. But he's smart. He knows what's going to get views and he knows what's going to do well. Yeah. And, um, also, the timing of it was directly after Israel Adesanya fought Yael Romero and everyone was saying, podcast was the hot topic. Yeah. But his, his, he's not trying to tap into that, that, you know, that school kid market anymore he's trying to tap into guys his own age which is the smart thing to do yeah got you. yeah um i mean yeah it's it's crazy just working with other creators and working out or well, not working out but just seeing what audience they deal with and and seeing like yeah. um, i just remember the biggest shock to me was when i started when i released photo presets um, What's that? So like filters for for your photos, oh, yeah? so that you could have. So I released photos. They're more geared towards GoPro photos, but people are like, oh, we love your your color grading of photos. So like now I released something that allows people to get a look similar to my photos, um, with like thirty different filters for different situations and climates and whatnot. And I see, I saw. I mean, people were doing it for a while, but when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is going to be for people who like who are into photography and yeah. GoPro type stuff and what I and then I remember seeing like one or two, um, like travel lifestyle bloggers, female bloggers release, it, and their 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 photos were fine, but the color grading was nothing really great. They would just pump up the shadows too much, and I never, I personally never liked their style. And then they're like, "Oh, I'm releasing photo presets." I was like, "Really? Like, okay." Dude, not because I was like, I didn't, I didn't realize girls buy okay girls in general just buy more stuff than guys like that's a fact like that's <laughs> that's just something i've come to learn from chatting to other people who have a female audience they're like dude like we release presets and we just like i know people who are making 25 to forty thousand dollars a month selling presets like just presets yeah it's nuts you have, and you have color grading and I, and it's and it's it's the it's the female it's the female market if you think about it most guys don't give a shit about their instagram unless they're they're actually using it as a portfolio, like a filmmaker yeah. or a photographer, or like. But a lot of girls that have a nine to five job, or whatever, they care about the aesthetics of their their Instagram. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, it's like guys don't wear makeup, girls wear makeup. You know, like I'm probably gonna get shit for the saying this, but it's it's like it's it's, it's the proof science. is the proof is there, man. Yes. Like, yeah. I, and I remember seeing these other like female lifestyle travel bloggers releasing presets and I thought their filters and stuff were, were shit in my opinion I was just like really like who's gonna fucking buy it turns out they're making millions I was just like what like what like and it's uh, I, I had the whole thing wrong the whole time I was like like I have a mostly male audience and sure I've sold a, a hand like a decent amount of presets to to my followers and and I I can't tell if they're mostly male female people buying it but when I found out how much 
more goals by filters or whatever. Like now when I take a step back and think about it, like it makes perfect sense. Like the average girl is way, way more caring about her Instagram feed than the average guy. Average guy doesn't give a crap. Yeah. You know? No. Bro, yeah. That's insane. It's nuts. One thing I want to ask you is how easy is it for you to turn off? Because how? Very difficult. Because when last did you actually take an actual holiday yeah. where you actually just enjoy the moment? Um, <laughs> shit, man. Surfing has always been my escape. Yeah. Um, I did a, I did a trip to J Bay, in like, um, I think it was May of twenty eighteen. Yeah. But then I was editing and launching my presets, you know, so you weren't fully switched off. Yes. Um, so like I will, I've done trips where it's like. It is more holiday, but I'm still, you know, checking some emails and doing some editing on the side and whatnot. I struggle to switch off like that. Like surfing is my one escape. Surfing is when I don't take the GoPro out. So like when I went to Namibia and we filmed that wave, like I fly my drone, batteries are dead. Cool. I'm going to go take a couple laps in the water. Like that wave is the hottest wave to surf in the world. And I got fucking a good beat down. And like I'm I'm running out and one of of the guys from the States who's come out, Brett Barley, he's got a really cool... yeah, he's got an awesome surfing YouTube channel, and he's like, "Dude, where's the GoPro?" I was like, "Man, this is this is this is when I just I get I get this to myself, you know? Yes. Like this is this is." So talk us through this one because guys, yeah. uh, we obviously we showed it in the first brilliant episode, mm-hmm. um, and that didn't work out. Yeah, I've never screamed so much while flying a drone in my life, but um, yeah, I just I try to line this up with co- like when it comes to this wave, there's three guys that are going to be on the best the best waves, and it's going to be Coa Smith, Benji Brand, and Anthony Walsh. And um, Benji and Anthony weren't on this trip, or I think Benji was arriving like a day or two later. But um, yeah, I just I tried to line up with Koa, and like we'd met at at um, Skeleton Bay like two three years prior to this, but hadn't actually seen each other since. Did you organize to meet up together? Um, for this one, he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, dude, it's going off. Um, are you?" I was like, "I'm there. Like, I'm there. This this wave." The first time I went there was also like it made such a difference in my career in yeah. in such an indirect way. So for those listening to the audio version, since I said talk us through this wave, this guy is continuing to get barreled on the a wave that is what one point five k's. Yeah, it's about one. He rides it for about one and a half kilometers. It's just shy of two minutes. He gets eight barrels. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's the I think it's the longest wave or the barreling wave ever recorded or something like that or that's what that's what one of the agencies sort of dubbed it but it's yeah it was just stupid like that last barrel when it chandeliered i was like oh he's not coming out of this and then he reappeared and i was just like that's when i just started screaming i was like what the fuck's going and he said he only stayed on the wave because he saw the drone like he just decided to milk it Uh, yeah it was ridiculous like he got he's he's had more barrel time on this wave than i have in my entire life (laughs) and it's actually really annoying but does he, have a, does he have a GoPro in his mouth? Yeah, he's got a GoPro in his mouth. So at the end of the video, you can click and see his angle from the barrel. And that's when the wave looks so much more perfect and friendly. Yeah. When you see it from the drone, it's like, that's a gnarly wave, man. Especially yeah. in the beginning, that lip is so thick and it's shallow, man. This wave, oh, I've had some proper beatdowns at this wave, man. It'll it'll give you a good hiding. I mean, it's not, I mean that got 2 million views. It's, yeah. It's crazy. crazy. I mean, you're not always doing Wow, that. his one's also got 2 million. Holy crap. He's got 2.1. Jeez. Oh. Nicely done, Koa. I mean, 
Well, I wonder when that happened. Um, there's a drone. You can yeah, there's the drone. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I when when I was there last year, I we tracked the average speed was forty five to fifty five kilometers an hour. Starting speeds. So you have to. That's what makes this way so difficult. You got to paddle from zero to forty five in one second. Yeah. You know, be able to stand up and care. like that's what. And it's so funny when you hear his mouth cam angle, like the raw footage. You hear him like, <laughs> like he's like he's like, just makes it on. And I mean, yeah, it's uh, he's a phenomenal surfer. He's he's just insane. Oh my gosh! No, it's incredible. It's interesting because I don't know how you sort of get over, but the GoPro almost it always compresses. It's a this is like you saw from the drone. This yeah. is significantly bigger than it looks like. Oh yeah, GoPro. yeah, yeah. If something looks crazy on a GoPro, it's so much more crazy. Like if something looks steep or fast or big, yeah. it's like ten times more intense mm. than the GoPro makes it out to look. Yeah. That's what's yeah. so that's what's so nuts about it. Whenever I recorded something, I'm like, this is gonna look mad. Yeah. Well, that's just not no. what I had yeah. in my head. It's all. ridiculous. Yeah, so oh, something, yeah, yeah. That, that part was just nuts. Um, I mean, it's, I was saying, it's crazy that, like, I mean, just that one clip you did got two million views, whereas you'll mm-hmm. do a whole trip to... Um, yeah, five-month trip and spend thousands of dollars and travel to four different countries and it'll get 60,000 views. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how... I mean, just, yeah, just I've, just, I've just learned to accept that, man. Same thing is happening with TikTok now. I put in a lot of effort for a TikTok, fucking nothing. Put in yeah, TikTok. Put in zero effort, million views. I was like, come on. Like, I I absolutely hate TikTok, but you have to be on it. I mean, I hate and love it right now, but um, do you do the I hate how it encourages you to copy. Yeah. It encourages you to not be original. And I can say that because my most viewed video is me blatantly copying one of my friends. And he made a video, got like 25 million views. And it was something that not many people could do. And I knew I what had... Was, the, was it a dance routine? No. <laughs> I'm so glad the algorithm has finally worked what out, like worked out what I don't want to see. Okay. I, don't, I no longer see videos of tweens twerking and dancing. I pretty much just see like comedy skits or something extreme. But like it took three months of me feeling, feeling like a pedophile, seeing young girls yes. dancing. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, so yeah. If, if what you, was the if, video? What did you do? So his video was he was flying first class in Lufthansa and he has a GoPro in his mouth and he walks, I think it's a GoPro, he walks down the aisle in first class and there his seat is like a flat lay bed and he opens the cover up, climbs into the bed and pushes all the window buttons to make the blinds go down. Yeah. And then he falls asleep in the bed. It's like a quick 15. I was like, well, not many people do that because not many people get to fly fucking first class or business class or whatever. Yeah. So I had a I had that I had that job with Formula One and Etty had with sponsors. They were flying me business. So I was like, well, fuck, I'm, I'm going to put the GoPro in my mouth and do the exact same thing and see what happens. And I did that post on TikTok, million views. It's exactly the same. He had nicer, he had nicer lighting and colors or whatever and his was first and his is the original. But I was like, all I was seeing on TikTok was just the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. I was like, it encourages you to... Most of the time, not be original. Yes. So I was like, "Oh, let's see how let's see how that goes for me." It did. I, I have posted. There's, I think, my most liked. Two of my most liked or viewed videos are original, but, um, like that one was just a blatant carbon copy of something my friend did. Yes. And sure, it's pretty exclusive. Not many people get to fly up front of a plane and put, but most of those people who are, are not putting a GoPro in their mouth and looking like an idiot in first class. But like, 
I did that. <laughs> yeah. Copied my friend and it blew up. Like that does not happen on Instagram or, or YouTube. You copy someone like that yeah. on Instagram or YouTube, you will get called out so quickly. Like, I, I mean, that happened. There was this photo that a big content creator took. I think it was at like Dubai Aquarium and some other big content creator literally went there and took the exact same photo. Like color, like colors, pose, cl- like almost clothing, everything. Yes. And like that guy got called out properly for copying. And rightly so. Yeah. But like the fact that I just copied my mate, put on TikTok and like didn't get called out for it. I was like. Different I mean, moral standards. Yeah. There. But then again, he's like a mate. So I was like. I think, I think I told him like I copied and he knows and we chat all the time but like um, just if you had to do that on YouTube you'd get oh yeah and, I, and like I've seen other people copy or, or try replicate certain things I do and I understand it if you see it's it's just a standard thing in, in business or whatever like you see something succeed you want to tap into that market as well rightly so yeah um, especially if you think you can do a better job um and i'm all i'm all for that it's like i've i've seen certain things go like that's cool but i think i could do that better and i'll go out and do that but i'll make it my own i'm not going to try to carbon copy something you know yeah i mean one thing you do really well um like and that's one thing that amazes me is you you started off just being really good with handling a gopro but then uh, like a lot of your top comments is less about the, the actual footage which is great but more about your editing and your transitions between mm. your your clips. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people um, get a bit too caught up in that. And like, yes, I, I, I won't dispute that the editing is a big side of it, but but um, good cinematography will always beat editing. Yeah. So my sh- my cinematography, I'd say, is, is my strong point, is I'll get a really good shot, but I'll edit it really well with another really good shot. Whereas I've seen there's guys out there who get insane views and their, their videos are mad but if i break it down and just look at the shots like that's a really crappy shot but you've done so much editing on it that you've saved it yes. whereas i'll keep i like to think with certain shots a good portion of them it's just the shot is so good in itself and then it's got some clever you know uh, there's been a bit of thought that's gone into like leading this wall film shot into the next film shot with a smart transition but it's it's not a forced transition yeah so as so much um, i think my favorite thing i saw you do was in that where you take your two-year mm. two-year trip and through that video that's that sound that song that you put with yeah. it gets got stuck in my head I've, everyone like, said that and that's yeah, that song i've been saving that song for so long man now the, the transition i'm talking about is the wave one the wave bro. yeah um do not time around that's the that one was. that got everyone What's that? What time around in the video, just so we can kind of fast forward uh, to it. Um, probably a minute is, is in. Karen going? Maybe a little bit more. A minute's when the drop happens. Yeah. No, even more. Jeez, that was a long intro. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. It'll play into it. So then it goes okay, so here, up, down, into him, and shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. So when I filmed that wave... I remember where Sorry, that was. for those listening to the audio, go check out Traveling the World for Two Years, Chris Rogers. And around just after the minute 10 mark, you'll see. Yeah. Basically, what happens is a guy's snowboarding, but you're seeing it from the top. Yeah, it's a drone angle from the top. And when he lands the jump, it looks like a wave just takes him out. Yeah, and then yeah. he's surfing all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you overlay. 
So I, I'm trying to remember what exactly that wave shot was, but I remember, I remember filming waves to do a shot similar to that because I had seen. Did you really know in advance that you wanted to do something like that? Yes, okay. I had done a very similar shot to that in what's this September 2018. So I I had already done a transition like that in March April 2017. Yeah. I was filming for Casper Lee. Yes. And Sri Lanka. We did a shot very similar to that with the wave. Sri Lanka, the country. Or? Yeah, Sri Lanka. Okay. Uh, beautiful place. Highly recommend no, going no, there. I just say like with Casper Lee and Sri Lanka. So like, is there a YouTuber called Sri Lanka? No. <laughs> okay. So it was, uh, I went there with his girlfriend at the time and we shot like, we basically ripped off a classic JL Res edit and just filmed an epic Sri Lanka tropical couples type video yeah. and i used a wave tra- type transition there that video did all right but i was like we could do something better with that and then yes. i had a shot that i was able to do that so i just i'm trying to think i like did a bunch of i think it was like luma luma key and masking to get that wave right but you can't you can only do that with certain shots if they have certain colors and whatnot okay this edit has a lot of forced transitions but it is what three years old so that's when it was the hype I think one thing I enjoy about your uh, your videos is you make it also humorous. Oh, like I try I to, yeah. it and yeah. like you don't take yourself too seriously. I try to be as self-aware as I can. I did. I feel like my best example of that was my Grease video, yeah. where it was just fully just ripping off myself and everyone else in my industry. But I, I like I don't I, like I said I don't like when people vlog too much. It's like I don't care yeah. that you oh we're here at this beautiful place and then we're gonna go do this and I'm not gonna tell you about it because I don't want to film while I'm having fun. I just want to have fun and then afterwards I'll tell you how much fun. like that's bullshit. Like just yeah. shut up and either educate me or inform me very quickly. And that's the way I like to consume content. So like if I'm vlogging, it either needs to be educational or something to try and make people laugh if it's a bad joke or whatnot. You know. Yes. Um, like I love the stuff you did with uh, with PH Fat, where it's like, yeah, hey guys, and then he's like, okay, and then after this, like the camera's still yeah. he's like, okay, after this, I want you to go from there straight into a big crowd. It's like exactly, <laughs> yeah, that was insane. so try and make it self aware, and I think people really appreciate it. a lot of people when I when I chat to them, they always sort of mention like, hey, I like how self-aware your content is when it comes to vlogging. It's like you're not trying to be like, oh, this is super inspirational and insane, like like yeah. this. There's a market for that. There's people who do that. Like, I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to do that. I just want to, like, have fun with it, you know. Yes. Take a humorous side to it. You can't try to be inspirational and epic nonstop 24-7. I remember seeing people doing that with the Instagram post. They'll write, like, this super long, like, inspirational type caption. I was just like, do that, do that like once a month, once every two weeks. It doesn't need to be every day. You yeah. Know? Like each to their own. Some people froth on that. And they, like I said, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But like, that's not, mm. that's not me. I'll, sure, I'll write a caption like that when I'm really feeling it at the time. No one feels like that every day. Yes. And yeah, you don't make it too much about yourself. Like you don't let yourself get in the way of your work. No, but also I'd like, why should anybody give it? And that's the mentality I've always had. And like, it's funny because like, now I guess I have a following. And like, but I don't, um, I remember just seeing certain vloggers blow up and it's like, it's so self-obsessed. It's like, why would anybody give a shit what you had for lunch, what your dog's name is? What? And I was just like, but also I want to keep my private life private. I don't want people, because that's what happens. It's like, I've been friends with certain vloggers and the people come up to them and they're like a fan. They've never met the person in their life. And they're like, oh, how's your dog doing? How's your mom? And it's like, dude, I've never met you and you know everything about me. I don't want that. I don't want people knowing about like yeah. my, like, and I don't share personal information. Nobody knows like, you know, what, what's happening with 
me or my family or, and like and that's my choice and that's that's fine and people i think should respect that but like also at the same time I was like why should anybody give a crap you know like i'm here to entertain i don't want you to know what my favorite food or color is or you know my relationship status or and i don't want yeah. to put anybody in my family through that that doesn't want to be involved in that you know not everybody wants yeah. to have random people coming up to them and being like oh hey you're so-and-so's mom like how's your and they're just like it's like it's weird when that happens man imagine some random person coming yeah. up to you and knowing so much personal stuff about you yeah but that's like the consequence of ego big time and i don't yeah. know props to you for that but yeah. you still get a lot of recognition like when you walk around it's it's definitely happening a lot more than it used to i mean um most people recognize me from youtube more than instagram and rightly so i don't show my face much on my instagram i show it more on my youtube when i'm talking so most people who come up to me um are most likely youtube sure they follow me on instagram as well but then yeah i think the main reason they recognize me is because of youtube but yeah it, it happens happens quite a bit every now and again depending on what environments i'm in because like usually i'm traveling to pretty remote places so it's happened quite a bit in airports um and if I go to like a music festival or something, that's, that's where, cool. where that's nice what happen. Like how, like how um, far your work's going. Yeah, it's 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 always such a weird weird thing when it happens, and it will, sometimes it happen when you least expect it. It's like what, like, and you kind of forget that because my job it's so detached from everything. Like on my side, we just see the numbers, you know, in the comments. You don't, you kind of forget that like fuck, each view is a real person. Yeah. And then when you get to meet one, meet meet someone who follows your work in person, it's like oh shit like this is actually real and it's it's always so cool i'm always super appreciative when people come up to me and and just say hi or whatever and i'm always like try to take the time because i mean at the end of the day there's the people that that they're your <laughs> in one way your boss you know they're the people who allow you to do what you do yes so, like you can't i that's, mean that's you should never be a dick to, you it, should yeah. never be a dick to your followers um but you also you have your hecklers i don't know if we spoke about it in this episode or our first attempt oh just what people in the comments and stuff yes. like yeah i mean you're always gonna get that and like you know you you kind of got to get give people the benefit of that you never know i mean you never know what someone else is dealing with in their life but sometimes you just get a comment where it's like like come on man that's like that's common sense yeah. but like, as you said like a lot of the guys do that kind of stuff because they want a response yeah people Whereas, like talk about also your friend as well with how yeah, he, yeah so i had a friend that i mean he had a way more like i'm lucky i've got a predominantly male audience my age and it's I like to think it's smart, reasonable, rational people that um, are not, you know, crazy fangirl teenagers that are just, you know, writing whatever. And one of my friends, he had that audience and girls would realize that like, oh, if we write something really mean, he actually replies to us. And that's all they wanted was a response. Yeah. And then he kind of realized like, wait, if I only respond to good comments, then we'll keep everything positive, you know, so... which was which was really good. like wow it's actually important to not give negative comments at time of day because a lot of people actually just want a response and they go like well how do i get my favorite filmmaker to respond to me I'm like oh write something mean and he'll reply and then that that would happen with so many other friends they write something mean and then the person responds and they're like oh i'm such a big fan like thanks and it's like dude you just you just you just freaking tune me like practically and now you're such a big fan like what the hell and it's, and that's what people will do yeah. you know and like i mean i understand like i i get that it's pretty I don't know, manipulative, if there, that's lack of better choice of words, but, but um, yeah, it makes sense. It's, uh, it's funny, I've chatted to other content creators, and, like, you know, we'll get like 99% positive comments, you get one comment, like, really? Like, you have to be that dick? Mm. Like, do that? And, like, it's funny, man. I, 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 I wish in the back end we could see who dislikes our videos, because I know I have some, like, 
core followers who will just hit that dislike like, yeah. like they subscribe to this oh yeah but they clearly enjoy the work or whatever because they've watched it like why would you yeah. subscribe it's like it's just like ah fuck this guy i don't like maybe yeah. it's too maybe, many likes yeah it's, no it's just like fuck this guy he's again. like going yeah. to tropical locations living the dream yeah. I mean, like fuck that like i enjoy the content but fuck you for exactly that. and that's what i mentioned to you earlier like i came across <laughs> it like two years ago <laughs> and i saw you this this dude like long hair with a bandana yeah. chilling in like I don't know the some tropical fucking island asshole like, look at him probably the best video I've ever seen but yeah. I'm not going to follow it because I don't want to rethink my life decisions That's, yeah it's funny to say because I've actually had people who, who are like are like you know followers who I meet in, in person like oh you're, you're such a nice guy it's like what the fuck like, <laughs> you think I was like 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 and that's what people forget like a lot like man so many content it's an act man it's a double yeah. personality like i've got friends that switch on the camera like oh their british accent like turns up five cranks like oh yeah it's a lovely day to turn off the camera it's like oh what's up bro it's like what <laughs> but like that's what it is you got to be entertaining otherwise nobody wants to watch someone like i've i'm not gonna say names but like there's one or two like content creators back home here that like just you know i i've gotten more comfortable in front of the camera over time and I've always been pretty comfortable with public speaking, but there's other people here, insane filmmakers, just stay behind the camera because you don't have the right personality or thing to be in front of the camera. Yes. Um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then, like, don't vlog and be like, hi, oh, guys, I'm, I'm so excited here. We, we're out here at, like, False Bay and we're going to go diving with the sharks and it's like, wow, it's amazing. It's like, just do what Casey does. Like, Casey's like, oh, my God, this is fucking insane. Like, he's so overdramatic about it because the camera's on and it's entertaining it yeah. works you know like classic Casey Neistat in his prime days of vlogging like oh no my drone it's lost signal it's like no it's fucking not his drone's totally fine but if he makes it if he dramatizes it it's gonna it's gonna be awesome it's entertaining yeah. nobody needs to know that we fake so much stuff we fake Every, and anybody who denies that is talking shit. Like, so much stuff is fake and scripted. Like, yes, certain things will happen a certain way. You might not have the cameras running. It's like, let's do that. Let's tweak it. And it's entertaining. And, like, no one... And it's funny. People bitch about it and they go, like, oh, this is so fake. And it's like, dude, every movie you watch, every TV show, every reality show, it's all like that. Like, why, why are we just not allowed to do it? Because maybe it's more real and low budget. But, like, that's the reality of it, man. A lot... Like, it's fake, but in a not... In in a way that is like, I don't know, to a certain degree more accepted. Then you get guys who like, go do, uh, I saw a funny video, some guy who goes and explores a lot of haunted mansions, he got caught out because he didn't edit out the part where he's like, oh wait, let's do that again and then push the door like this. <laughs> no! <laughs> and then he tries to like, he tries to brush it off as like as if he got hacked in and it was a prank or something. It's like, dude, just just admit that you fucked up and like That's so you know, classic. It's, it's it's entertainment, man. Like at least if you're trying to entertain, if you're being educational, then you're not, you know, really have to worry yeah. too much about that. But But like I mean, for you, like you don't have to do that because the kind of shots you do, the kind of sports that you record, that's entertaining. No, no, itself. but if we tell like a funny joke and the cameras weren't rolling or something, it's like, dude, let's let's do that again. It was fucking yeah, funny. Yeah. Like and you've got to hope that the person you're working with can fake it yes. you know like some people just can't they're not you know they're athletes their job is not to be actors yeah you know? but some some guys are good in front of the camera and they can reenact that thing i'm know? actually i'm gonna call you out on one of the things also yeah. um you did the one where like crazy 72 hours end of 2018 summer and you went from like Dubai airport to shooting ph fat to oh yeah and and you know like how you do that thing where it's like video out of a video out of a video it's like mm. Like on the laptop someone, yeah yeah and then the, the one guy was like yeah like, yeah so what do you think he's like yeah i think 
I think you should add one more. Oh, add one more. One more clip. One more and clip. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, fully blatant. I mean, that was also just a, uh, just in a way forcing a cameo because he's also a, another big content creator. So okay. it's just like put him in so that all my followers are like, oh shit, you were hanging out with Jeremiah. That's sick. Like he's not even in the video, but like that's cool. Oh, dude, that's cool. Out. So like, sorry, was, did you clickbait that? Uh, one down scroll one down bottom right with the shark oh no no dude you watch the video that's um that shark swimming there that's from the Maldives video as well no, that, I didn't yeah, watch yeah. it because I'm like ah, no 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 fully, fully swims past her I, I mean I, for sure oh I mean I mean I made the shark bigger in the thumbnail without doubt no back 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 yeah, back so. uh, more for, yeah there there it is back a bit more but you'll see the shark uh, now you gotta go back more uh, so check out drone around the wall Chris Rogers drone there it is yeah oh crazy yeah, yeah. I remember filming this and, and just being like oh this is shocks to me she, she has no idea. but it was like, <laughs> it's so like afterwards I told her but she was pretty chill with it okay. like you don't have to worry about it I mean if she fell in the water that thing would have been gone in a second like yeah. sharks are really nothing to be afraid of man I've like always I think as a surfer growing up in South Africa and surfing South Africa you always sort of at the back of your mind you're not like a big fan of sharks but yeah. having swum with them in the last year or so you just kind of like they're, they're, cool. they're not interested in humans man yeah but you they're know not. The, like I went supping two days ago I usually sup between like Three Anchor Bay and Clifton okay and sometimes I'm fine like I'll be yeah. paddling out there by myself and you get a good vibe and other days it's a bad vibe really? and so two days ago I'm paddling good vibe yeah it's like, a good vibe I'm paddling further out okay. from the promenade and I'm f- quite far out mm. and next thing bad vibe and I was like okay and you paddle a bit and next thing I saw because the water was like crystal clear okay like just where like you go out of this I just checked this big grey tail but going in the opposite direction and I was like what? this is kind of like the slow paddle back because the thing is I like sharks Mm. I do, mm. but I think sometimes they're too curious, even for their own good. Mm. It's like, okay, let me just mm. grab, like bite this. I want to just see what it is. Sure, yeah, they don't have hands to check it out. You know? Exactly, yeah. and like I'm also fine if I see the shark and I stop towards it. Yeah, but don't come Take towards you by me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I just want to. I would say that it wasn't a shark, just because great whites haven't been spotted yet. Like, no, I don't think it was a whitey definitely okay not a white but it could have yeah. been like a something else you know? yeah um i mean i was talking to do you know ian thurtle yeah yeah, yeah. so we had him on actually sick. and we were chatting about the whole killer whale thing going on i'd love to swim with killer whales be scary but i swam with humpbacks last year and i'd rather be in the water with a shark than a humpback seriously dude those things are so aware like they'll like either want nothing to do with you or they'll be like oh what's this thing and if they want to fucking clap you they'll clap you a shark is kind of just cruising it might be like oh what's this okay it's nothing but a, a, like a, do, you, do you have uh, the footage a humpback uploaded? there's a very quick shot in oh, my okay. hero 8 video but i haven't released much of that that was such an insane trip that was the most ridiculous day ever we were only supposed to swim with humpbacks because the whale shark season just ended and we got what they call the holy grail where we swam with humpback whale shark and manta rays in one no. day i was nuts how was the whale shark, uh, by the way? no it's on youtube i don't know if i whale sharks are the most majestic awesome creatures really super social oh. 
Uh, they're just they're just cruising along, man. If they don't want to, they don't want to be near you, they'll dive down. If they don't really care, they're just cruising. So beautiful, so peaceful. I mean, give them their space, but yes, unbelievably majestic. No, no, this is the wrong video. That's Sorry, just the Hero right. Eight review one. Um, to the right, next to standing sideways on the other side. So yeah, that one. Um, yeah, check this boy. Yeah, what a douchebag. Eh? Oh my gosh, that was a nightmare. I shot this stuff like just before launch and my my mic wasn't working and I had to go reshoot it all again. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we know well, we know yeah. Yeah. Have we saved it soon? Uh, it's soon? back. Further back. More, 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 more. That's beautiful. Compilation is amazing. Um, uh, yeah, it's mm. yeah, my manicure done for that. Uh, no, you want to go further back. Further back. Yeah, for you, back, epic back, wake boy. Back, I'm going to put back. that. Yeah, it's in, in that compilation. Right now. Probably further back even. Wait. Yeah, further back. Completely. There we go. Start somewhere there. Uh, where is it? Maybe this next shot? So is that... Uh, or maybe I cut it out. I can't remember. Why? Well, you just not get a good shot of it? Um. Yeah, it was an okay shot of it. It was mostly just... Because you want something to put in perspective the size of it. So Is that Skeleton Bay that you did the reverse? Yeah, I just flipped it. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah, it. sorry again. Those listening to the audio, check out GoPro Hero mm. 8 Black Review. Oh, so that is like one of my favorite products called the Air Video. Oh, yeah, I looked yeah, at this thing. That torpedo thing. So on that trip, we were all in Egypt and one of the guys on the boat was a really good cricket player. So we just got into fucking huck it from the front of the boat. And I think it hit it hit me on the leg once and another guy on the side of the head, but eventually we got it right. We're just yeah, it's like a torpedo all of us, yeah. thing. Craziest thing is everybody learned to do backflips like that day or the day before. Like no one had... No is that where you learned? No, no. I, I, I taught everyone to do oh, backflips okay. like the day before we filmed that. Because that's one of the things we discussed all fair. Yeah. It's like, why can every travel... I'm just going to say travel vlogger. Mm. No, you're not a vlogger. Yeah. How every travel vlogger can just do backflips. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a part it's of It's part of the application process. Yes. But you're not, you won't get yeah. the job unless you can't put backflip on your resume. Mm. Yeah. They won't hire you. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I have this epic brand deal. Like, can you do a standing backflip? It's like, no, I can't. Sorry. We have to fix sure. yeah, it's pretty Maybe funny. we should do backflips <laughs> off the desks before we do any episode. I think we should all go to see. I want to do a video about learning double backflips. One of the guys I taught in Egypt just yeah. did a double backflip the other day. And I was like, Bro, but like you wakeboard, you do double backflips behind the boat. That's totally yeah, other right. athletes do double backflips. I've never done a double. I've done a double on like one of those harness trampoline things. Which apparently, it's good if we went to like one of those rush trampoline parks. You do like oh, double yeah. into the foam pit, then you take it to the pool. Like I'm pretty confident I can do. It. I just need to. I need to have the right need people. Bigger I just need the right people around me to amp me up. Like, yeah. if you don't have people that are like pushing you, you're not gonna do it. You know, I mean, there's a smaller chance of you doing it. But if you've got other people who can do it, other people like hyping you up, and everyone's gonna huck it and try it, then you're like, yeah. you're willing to try new new shit, which is cool. Yeah. What was a uh, breakthrough moments for you? Because I mean, you getting videos like you've got at least four videos that have reached the two million mark. You got over two hundred fifty thousand subscribers mm. on YouTube alone. <laughs> like. Because guys are sitting there at home listening yeah. to this, thinking, "Well, flip, I'd love to do that, but like, I don't have the momentum. I can't." Yeah, do it's so much harder now. I mean, how many years have you been going at this thing for? Professionally, uh, full time since like 2016, but like, I'd say my professional career sort of kicked off 2013. That's when I was like, "Oh, people actually." When did the YouTube pay me, pay me to make videos? YouTube, YouTube started in 2011 when it was just the first place to upload videos before Facebook even allowed you to upload. Yes. It was just like, oh, I need to upload a video. You just upload it to YouTube. But I never, I never really started taking YouTube seriously until like 
2016 and 2017 was like my kickoff year. That was like, I'm going to be as consistent as possible. And that's where my channel went from like 20,000 to 100,000. So it's just a consistency thing. Consistency is so big on YouTube, man. So big. Like, yeah, I was, I was saying earlier, like if I upload a video every week for a month, I'll grow 10 to 20,000 subscribers that month. If I am consistent. Yes. Yeah. At least nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to do that. Um, so what were like those key moments I mean turning points were just like when I made things that no one else had done you know like the first turning point was sort of the Synergy Music Festival back in late 2012 yes because we actually haven't discussed that on this episode you actually did quite a bit of festivals at some point yeah that was that was what sort of kicked off my career and what what I originally got paid it was the best student job ever getting paid to go shoot music festivals and I'd save that money used on traveling and every time I spent it on traveling somehow I'd make the money back and I just kept reinvesting and reinvesting it now yeah. I get to save some of it as well and actually make a living from it which is awesome but it's taken a lot like i've i've put in thousands and thousands of dollars into what i do and hours um, and hours I've, I've put in the ten thousand hours man i've done it like um and people who know me and have seen the journey since then they know that um and they're always like yeah it's stoked to see it like you know finally pay off um because it is at least the social media side is a lot riskier. You can go out and be a professional filmmaker and that's fine. You can have your clients and whatnot. That's cool. I think a lot of people want to do the whole social media route as well because, well, then you get to work for yourself and you get to film the things you want to film and get paid to do, which is the absolute dream. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, they've been multiple times. It's always, every time I've done something unique and different, then it goes viral and does well. And as soon as something goes viral, it does well. You have people sliding into inbox brands going, hey, we like what you did there. We like what you did. And I was chatting to a mate about this yesterday saying like, he was also just asking for some advice. And also when you work with certain brands, um, competition brands are keeping tabs on that, you know? So like I remember getting hit up by Daniel Wellington back in the day when everybody's had a Daniel Wellington sponsorship. It's really, it's no big achievement, but (laughs) if you got paid, yeah, if you got paid, if you got paid well by Daniel Wellington, like, good for you for standing your ground and doing that so i remember um and i i'm I'm someone who's always worn a watch since i was yay high i've just always had a watch on i i hate not having a watch i mean i think i even have like a watch tan like yeah no jokes (laughs) um so um but i i i never take it off so i need to make and handle my lifestyle i'll break it down to wellington in two hours you know if i can't take it surfing i can't swim with it i can't um at least their watches back then i haven't seen what they have now but um yeah they hit me up like hey we'd love to work with you blah blah blah. and i was like well shit it's not something i'd really wear but so i'm gonna i'm gonna charge you i'm gonna charge you money to worth compromising myself for you know um and they're like oh okay we'll get back to you and then something along the lines of like we'll send you the watch and if you get something cool we'll work something out so i was like okay and one day I was in San Francisco and my buddy was going to skydive out of a helicopter and I was going to film it and all the doors were off. So after he jumped out, I happened to have the watch. I was like, let me just slap the, wrist, the watch on my wrist, lent out the side of the helicopter, got the classic, you know, foot leaning out of helicopter shot and with my hands on the side of the heli and wearing the Dino Wellington watch. Fuck, I'm saying their name way too much here. Yeah? Um, yeah. Don't buy Dino Wellington. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I posted it, didn't even tag them. I think I threw like their hashtag somewhere in between all the other hashtags and um, they reposted it. I had like, so we were like, oh my God, Daniel Wellington. I was like, fuck, I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. Like, 
Um, and uh, sure, I gained a couple followers from that for sure. They had like over a million something followers. But that week, seven other watch companies slid into my email inbox. I'm pretty sure that's how like Movement found me. And then I've worked with Movement ever since. And they're an awesome company. And they make this watches. Yeah. Um, and they they make watches that I can actually wear that handle my lifestyle. And they are super more creator orientated and have looked after me well with projects and okay this isn't an advertisement no no yeah exactly but like (laughs) but 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 that's that's something more that resonates with my brand but it was cool like i i don't know for sure if they found me through a competitor but i know that happens you know if if you do something awesome for one brand other competitors other people know it's like hey we like what you did for this can you do it for us and that happens a lot it's like um you know uh the whole f1 thing it's like hey we saw you did this video in cape town with coca-cola like can you do it for us like that happens a lot so i always every time i work with a brand sometimes it might be a sellout but i'm always gonna try ensure that if i am selling out that my audience is getting good content so it's like oh he sold out but like shit look what he blew the budget on we got sick content you know so it's like okay i'll take the ad if i'm getting epic you're not paying for it's free content yeah, so I mean, like club made a prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, I said to you, like, you although you endorse certain brands or businesses, mm. you do it very discreetly. You get the point across quick, mm. and guys get a lot of value out of that. Yeah, you try to do it as genuinely as possible. Yes, and and it's and it's, it's interesting. Like when I started doing um, sort of affiliates, affiliate links and whatnot. Yeah, um, I only do it with products that I actually use because then. You know, if you're trying to endorse a product that you don't use, you're not going to drive many sales because people are like, okay, like you say you use that, but like, where are you using? I'm, I'm talking more with like camera gear stuff. Yes. But like, you know, that air video thing. Or even Squarespace. Do you use Squarespace? I do. Yeah. I've yeah. Had them. I've had them for my. Products. I've had them for my website since twenty. Oh man, like twenty seventeen or something. Yeah. And like I like they gave me a free subscription for a year. I I now pay fifty dollars a month to use Squarespace. Like, because yeah. it works, it works well for me. It's worth me having it host my presets. It does everything I need to do. Like, I don't want to build a new website. And it we works. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So they're the other big player out there, you know. Um, so, should we do a quick coffee break? Yes. Okay, cool. The last thing we were chatting about that I think we should carry on with is just about the whole vlogging scene. Yeah. And those guys getting into it to explain that it's actually super difficult nowadays what makes it so much more difficult because there's so many more guys trying to do it yeah it's way more competitive why is it saturated because everyone else is it's just a classic economy situation where people come in and succeed businesses succeed and then people see that and go like oh here's an opportunity i'm going to jump in on that and then more people more people come in and then not everyone makes it and those who fail move out and the ones that are strong enough stay in so it's um I don't know. What, what, what do you mean by strong enough? Is it consistent enough? Um, is, it, is it related to the, the episodes that they do? It's more the case of, you know what I've come to realize is, is there are people out there who have, um, you know, we're talking like half a million followers and they're not making much money. And you've got people who have 50,000 followers that are making way more money because they know how to run a business. They know how to, how to scale and, and take advantage, not take advantage, but like, just do good with what they have and they actually have a skill set whereas just because you have a big following doesn't actually mean you're going to make a lot of money and yeah. vice versa i know i know people that are making insane amounts of money and they have you know 
60,000 followers and they've had that for like two years now. They haven't really grown much, but they've just got a really core audience and they're doing a lot of cool things. You know, people who, you know, have this massive audience that don't really do much with it or can't really do much with it because yeah. the audience doesn't, I don't know, doesn't convert. So how, how did you learn the whole in and outs of, um, uh, just through experience through guys that well, did I, it as well? Yeah, but it's funny. I never... I never thought I had much of an influence of following. I just see people like selling merch and doing this like, oh, wow. And then you kind of, it's funny because I never, I never had like a overnight 100,000 followers, you know, it's always yeah. been slow and steady and consistent over time. Um, you, you have seen people go from like zero to 400K in a month and you're like, fuck, like, I wish I had that. But then yeah. you see in the long run, it's actually not good. And usually when that happens, it's either that they've done like a one hit one to viral something, but yeah. most of the time it's because they're associated with someone else who's like a big player in the game. You know, yes. like if you are David Dobrik's best friend, you know, that's going to trickle down into you for sure. But yeah. you got to make sure that if you're not... If you're just known for being David Dobrik's best friend, it's not a good enough skill. It's not going to, if he disappears, that's going to really hamper you. Yeah. And you see that across all different things. You've got to have your own thing that makes you unique and different. And then people need to buy into that and you and what you do, not, oh, I like him because he's friends with this. That's not going to work out for you in the long run. I mean, Um, you're saying, um, and one of the things I was listening to, how like one of your, because you didn't have one big break, you just had, I've had multiple ones, and yeah, that's yeah, not that's yeah, ones. and that's not to take any way from anything away from collaboration. Like I have for sure benefit from yeah. collaboration. Like um, one of my friends, Ben Brown, he's like an OG epic daily vlogger, um, and Ben's content has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah. But like, um, I, yeah, but this is that's online Ben. Like Ben and Ben in person, real Ben. Like that Ben, I know he's he's really not changed that much. Yeah. Like he's still Ben. Like it's not. If I hang out with him in person, it's like, it's like yes, I can see the certain changes, but he's still like he's still the OG homie he always was, you know. What you're saying is the online personality different, or is the content different? Both. I've I've run into him twice. I don't know him, Mm. Um, but just just from what he used to be doing to what he's doing now, Mm. very different. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt that he has changed for sure, but it's not. at least I don't think it's as drastic as it maybe comes across to just the people who follow his followers that don't actually know him yes. online, you know? Um, and that's always how it's going to be with, with anything online. Um, yeah. Well, what I was trying to get across is I think you, one of your breaking points was when you teamed up with one of those wakeboarding athletes. No, not really actually. I mean, like I, I definitely, okay. It definitely helped get my name out in the scene. I wouldn't say it helped grow me so much. I'd say yeah. working with guys like Casperly and Ben were big starting little kick things. Like yes. I, I've had a little shout out from Ben and Casper and whatnot. And I, you know, gained maybe two, three, four thousand subscribers from that. But how, like, how did you get into that circle in the first place? Um, they saw value in me that they couldn't get from something else. So it was collaborative. You know, I brought something to the table that they couldn't get anywhere else that they yeah. saw was going to bring value to them. So with Casper, he needed a good filmer and he knew I could make a good travel edits and he liked my style and he goes, well, who else do I know that can do this? I don't. Like, this is the value of bringing Chris in. Like, we get along really well. We like, we, he's cool to hang out with. So like, why not bring him along? And Chris, Chris knows that, okay, he'll get like a cool trip. We'll get to hang out and he'll, get a bit of a social boost as well which is good for for his social media so it's it's a 
it's a friendship but it's also like there's a business side to it you know yes. and for for ben like ben and i also get along super well as friends like besides the potential collaboration opportunities he was doing a trip where he's like okay we're going snowboarding and surfing in california um you know we've got this and this and this okay like chris is like an expert when it comes to filming gopro stuff and he can surf and he can snowboard like no one else on my team can do that and film like i need him to come along to film yeah. me snowboarding and surfing because he can do those things and no one else on my team can do that so like that's the value i bring it's like and we get to hang out because we get along well so there's that that mutual benefit and like that's the same thing for me like when i film or go on trips it's like i need an athlete or a model or both for, i mean athletes or athletes end up being models you know but um it's cool going to a certain location and like you know all these travel edits do it and that's like yeah. the, that's sort of the one thing i tried like you know add that x factor with my travel edits it's like cool we'll go to that location we'll go to bali as well but fuck we're gonna get like crazy surf in bali and send massive cliff jumps where everyone else is just kind of standing and looking pretty by our waterfall and that's cool that's that's great and all but like i want to add that x factor where it's like fuck we fucking sent it you know and that's that's when i really like to bring in athletes and i like to do crazy shit so like i'm gonna get to do that with athletes so yeah yeah but but with the wakeboarding thing um i've always been in that industry but i've always dreamed of working with the big guys and then I went over to the States and hit up a few of them. And honestly, I think due to the fact that I had a bit of a social media following at that time, it's like if I was just a random photographer trying to make it on the scene who had like, it's, it sounds super kind of superficial, but if I had like a thousand followers, I like to think that my work would have spo- spoken enough for itself, but they probably would have gone like, okay, like I could film with this dude, but like, what am I really going to gain from it? Whereas back then it was like, well, this dude's work is cool, but yeah. he has like 70,000 followers. Like, that's win-win. that's yeah. a win-win and then i filmed with like literally three guys the one morning they posted content like the next day and nobody had ever seen photos and videos like that before and literally every other pro was hitting me up like hey when can we shoot, when can Come we shoot? On. like now when i go to florida everyone will hit me up to try film which and, is great which is awesome like that's the one thing that gopro sees in you like besides besides your crazy edits your angles is specifically that one angle in wakeboarding from behind the boat where the guys almost jump in front of you. Not like when the, the thing drops uh, in your two-year... Yeah, yeah I, get, I get super close. How, how do you do that? Are you on a wakeboard behind them? Yeah, I'm on a wakeboard on a slightly longer line, just getting as close as possible. So like but I'm always trying to... see their line? Because the, the rope's really thin and it's going down into the water almost. Oh, so okay. it's there. If you, if you pause and look for it, YouTube quality is going to dampen it a lot. If you pump that baby up to 4K and pause it, yeah. you'll probably see it, yeah. On, but it's just a really thin, it it's a really thin line. Or I'll just angle it so that you don't see that. I mean, yes, you must be so stoked when you got that first one. And you actually yeah. see that it works. Oh, uh, man, I remember the first time, because I had four mates wakeboarding back home. We got we got some good guys back here, but it's not... The two-year one. It's not on that level. And I remember the first guy I got to film was a buddy of mine called Corey Tunison. And he's like... Uh, so you just back? Um, just to where it drops, which just go from like a minute. And Corey's the guy to beat right now. Yeah. And I remember going on the lake and the first trick he did to warm up was something, no South Af- like it was, it's called a heelside 900. No South Africans ever landed one of those behind the, and I was just like, filmed it. I was just like, I just started screaming and he's like, ah. like what? I was like, I've never seen one of those. Sorry, it's coming up? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you spent so much time on this, you probably know it frame by frame. Yeah, so this is, I know what shot you took about. This is a guy called Shota Suzuki. He's from Japan. Ah. Yeah, such a cool guy. That's still one of my, I got a photo of that shot. That's probably, honestly, I'd say one of my top five 
favorite GoPro photos I've ever taken. Out of that video? At that time when we were shooting, we were taking photos as well. Yes. And I took a photo of him that is, I, yeah, I would say it's one of my top five most favorite GoPro photos oh, ever. Man. Yeah. It was just, it was so perfectly framed and the style and steez and the way he was like pushing his body into that position was just like, it was nuts. Have you been to GoPro's headquarters? Yeah, I've been to yeah, all three of the big ones. So the one in San Francisco and Carlsbad in Southern California and then Munich in Germany. What they like? Yeah. They're really cool. I thought this is like super futuristic. I wouldn't say futuristically, but it's like the one in the one in San Francisco and Carlsbad. It's like really, really cool. It's like, um, yeah, just I mean, everyone who works at GoPro is like such a cool person. You know, they're all like, you know, they all do something outdoors or adventurous or something cool. Like one of the one of the main guys I deal with in the marketing department in the states, he's an ex NFL player. Like he's just this massive dude. Who has he's a three-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. No. Yeah, yeah. and he's just like the biggest, most down-to-earth legend ever. Shout out Lonnie. Um, <laughs> and and it's just like it's so cool the people you get to work with. Like that was that's like one of the coolest things about about my job is like people that I've I don't know for lack of better terms like almost like idolized or you know I like I'm now friends with people I had posters of in my room as a kid yes and i can hit them up and be like yo dude what's going on and like obviously when you meet them you you got to kind of act like you don't really know that you don't ever fanboy yeah, i was like with mark and you oh that's fucking hilarious yeah but it's so true man like as soon as you and I, you hear stories from me, but like as soon as you, if you meet someone that you really dig and you fanboy, it'll just, it just kind of freaks them out because like, just treat me like a normal fucking human being, you know? Yeah. It's like, because that's what you are at the end of the day. And like, I remember, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Anyway, I just, I remember like, I, I'm pretty sure it was one of the wakeboarders, but it's like, um, but yeah, I'd just be like, holy shit. I mean, fuck dude, Kelly Slater followed me on Instagram like two months ago. You? And, yeah, I was just uh, like, like woke up and saw the interview was like, Holy shit. Kelly's there too. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, don't slide into the DMs. Don't do anything stupid. Like, yeah. I was like, wait for the right time when you've got a surf clip that's going viral and be like, hey, can I come to a wave pool? Yeah, <laughs> shots. Yeah. That'd be awesome to shoot there. I think you'd do an amazing job. I'm trying to, a uh, uh, wakeboarding mate of mine, he's supposed to have a shoot at that pool. Well, it just got postponed, but I want to try to get on there. They're super strict with that pool, man. Like, if I ever won the lotto, I'll spend $50,000 renting that out for the day with a bunch of mates. Like, that's yeah. how much it costs, but... Yeah, we've actually spoken about And I've been to the pool, man. I watched the first competition there. It's just like... The Freshwater Pro. Yeah, no, the Founders Cup. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I went there and um, it was just like the coolest thing ever, but it was also the most frustrating thing going like, this is so sick, but I can't surf it. Like you can go watch the J-Bay Open or the Gold Coast Corona Pro or whatever it is and just like, you can watch these perfect waves with two guys and you're like, sick, I'm going to surf this like next week. I'm going to like can't do that at Kelly's pool. It's like, no, you can't. It's yeah. like, it's private. It's closed yeah. off. Get yeah, up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is what makes it so cool and exclusive. But I mean, lots, I've had, I've, I have a few friends who've gone and surfed now, so it's not impossible anymore. You've, you've got to be in, you've got to have an in somehow. Someone's got to have yeah. an in, you know, but or big bucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's going to rent it out for, I mean, yeah, crazy people. If I've got like some insane brand deal from someone and, had like a crazy budget to blow. Why not? You know. Love, yeah, that'd but, be sick. Um, yeah, Bro, I had such no an interesting thing. Yet. I had an interesting thing about GoPro. I don't know if it's just one of those stories, 
but um, that GoPro actually went out with they, they try to call themselves first something along the lines of like go camera or camera pro or something like that and then one of the initial investors said like i'm willing to invest but you've got to change the name and when they asked why he's like because what if one day you guys aren't doing cameras you're doing more drones for example Interesting. so they're like okay cool well, go pro instead wow. and then that's when they got the uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a past put a past that at all. What happened to? Go I don't even drones? know what DJI stands for. If it even stands for anything, I think the yeah. D stands for drone. No, they do symbols as well. Drone joystick invention. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. GoPro had a drone thing mm. come out today. Oh, wow. Okay. Good luck. Um. <laughs> Innovations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, that was a heartbreaking thing with GoPro. That drone was so terribly great. Like it was, ter- it was awful, but also awesome. Like, what so, things so, about it? Everything about it sucked, except it was. It is still to this day the smoothest drone that has ever gone on the market. Like no other drone is that smooth. And like, if I what I've noticed is like with the DJI, the Mavic Pro is fucking insane, man. It's so good, but yeah. like the gimbal is so tweaky like even on the pro too like i'm filming if you look on the so not that no even that wave shot both wave shots if i slow the drone down in sport mode the gimbal still tweaks like doesn't matter it's just no matter how much i change the sensitivity on the controller it just it tweaks out in sport mode which is so frustrating i've got this perfectly framed shot of the surf and then like yeah karma would never do that the gimbal was so strong and so perfect um but the signal sucked um it was just pretty unreliable like mostly just the signal the signal thing was the big fuck up they went with wi-fi not whatever dji used like any drone that uses wi-fi is not not something i trust so much like even dj yeah the mavic air and the mavic mini if they had the other thing i would buy that for sure it's like a mini little backup drone or something but because it uses wi-fi i don't trust it at all and has dji gone into action cameras and stuff they have it apparently hasn't done very well yeah Yeah. so gopro and dji just stick to what they know best yeah, I think so. I mean, DJI, yeah, I know I know for sure, at least it hasn't done well in South Africa. I don't know how it's done glo- globally. It, yeah. it is impressive, but the problem is um, a GoPro is a very wide angle. It's like a 16 or 11 mil or something like that. And the, the DJI action cam was really zoomed in. I remember people going like, it's sick, but like it's really zoomed in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you mount it on your head, you can see your hands. GoPro, you can see your hands, legs, everything. Yes. Which is what you want when you mount it on stuff, but the especially for surfers when they have it in their mouth, surfers are even complaining about the stabilization in GoPro cropping too much that you don't see as much of the barrel. If you put the DJI camera in your mouth in a barrel, you're gonna see nothing, you know. Is, so and all GoPros they aren't all fisheye lens anymore because no they are, but you can change the profile in it. Okay, so I didn't know that. But, so I was like, oh, I don't want to yeah. get another GoPro. But if you don't want fisheye lens, yeah. But if you know your shit, you would just remove it in post. Yes. But if you want something quick on the go you'll change that in the camera but okay. i never do that i always remember oh so it's actually quite easy to change if you know st- i mean it's very yeah. easy in premiere yeah, i think even in the gopro app you can it's probably do it yeah. pretty much yeah okay yeah, yeah. you two techies can talk about yeah i mean i even removed i even removed the fisheye in my 360 footage and then it looks fucking insane like it's no. really cool yeah I, I like i've got shots on the 360 camera that people think are shot with like a fpv drone that's a skill I'd love to have, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the time to learn that. I'd love to, because then sure. you can slap a GoPro on there. Like that's the other things. Like when you have a GoPro on the drone, 
for certain things it's nice like you can get super wide angle but sometimes like what i found the mavic is like the perfect drone for surfing it's like the perfect mill lens yes. the gopro it's too far away it's too zoomed out um but for filming wakeboarding on the boat i really like the gopro one because it's wide angle and i could get close and still frame the boat and the rider in the shot whereas the mavic you can only frame one or the other it still works yeah. pretty good and then the slow motion on my gopro is a lot better and gopro is chilled with using dgr they don't make drones anymore so they don't really have much of a choice but the, if i if i film a project and they want footage then they're going to ask to like yeah cut the dji footage yeah. out which sucks but at the same time i have so much respect for gopro i feel like they're the only camera company out there that only uses footage from their own camera and they're like super strict about that almost to the point where it's actually annoying where it's yes. like i've got this epic video just half a second of dji footage like oh, out like no other camera like dji have filmed dji commercials and used gopros wow yeah on fpv they use gopros on fpv drones for the mavic air commercial come on and like most of the That's shots crazy. it's like gopro shots and shots on red but you see the product but you don't actually see much from the product like that's what separates gopro for me with everything else is like everything you see in a launch commercial GoPro, it's shot on the camera like very few other companies do that you know yes yeah so like that's that's where i give them props like it becomes annoying for me sometimes where i like post this for me and like oh but it's got this one dj i was like but it's such a <laughs> like you know and i was like i'm not filming with the karma anymore i used it once last year for a very specific shot but like it just yeah if karma i mean the karma 2 which got uh, never made it but things i was hearing about it was awesome but drones are not um not really profitable here and the drone sales are down in general yeah yeah drone. i think it was a trend to a certain degree but everybody bought one and then kind of like you know gopros a while back where everyone bought one and then filmed and used it and then people who didn't really do much with it aren't didn't buy again mm. same thing with drones i think okay yeah this was becoming a bit more um regimented but mm. oh, also drone laws and stuff like that yeah. yeah yeah like mark wanted to get the what's it a license to fly oh my gosh that's the biggest device. nightmare in, the, in this country in america it's a 200 hundred dollar written test in this country it's like forty thousand dollars in a two-week course that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah so i don't know if it's yeah and then if you're registered then you can't do the small little jobs which are illegal because then then you're on record and then you don't like if you go do this stuff and then the budget's not big enough of that client to pay for all the legal stuff you have to go through mm -hmm. so it's like just let the smaller guys fly their drone illegally because the guys who actually have a license it's not worth their time and i think yeah. everyone's kind of realizing that now have you had issues with flying no, drones? i don't really fly much yeah okay yeah yeah and when you do fly it's like where i do fly it's pretty much few people in those oh, places. It's, yeah it's not really something i have to worry about so yeah um i did fly somewhere last year that i shouldn't have and got caught and just played played like the damn tourist but was super like as long as you acknowledge that you're wrong and you apologize like i'm really sorry i don't know like you'll get always ask for forgiveness first their permission because they'll probably just say no yes and uh, just don't fuck it up don't fuck yeah it you up. got one shot yeah. <laughs> but um yeah like i don't know it's funny i've, I've been <sighs> someone messaged me after that namibia trip I don't know if i want this in the video no this is getting to the legal drone stuff which i'm not in a position to talk about so we can move on to something else okay we can yeah. talk about it all fair but it's 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 all it's all just well he messaged the wrong person he thought it was my drone and it wasn't 
Because nobody flies as low as I do in Namibia. So he was like, oh, your drone was close to mine. I was like, no, it wasn't, dude. Like, that was the other guy who has the same drone as me. But, like, nobody comes. Yes. Nobody's willing to get as low, or, like, risk it as much as I am when filming the wave. Everyone else is, like, above the wave. I try, like, be in line. Like, if I stop flying the drone, the wave would probably hit the drone. Like, that's yeah. what I try to do. But that's why my clip gets, you know, the two million views. and not, Yeah. No, I wanted no. to, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was, um, especially during your time while you were doing the, the parties with the, with the, with the GoPro. Mm. Um, one thing I read that was so interesting and I watched the guys put it into practice where they say, you can get into anywhere if you're carrying a ladder. Have you seen that? Video? Yes. Yeah. And I think the same rules apply for guys carrying a bunch of camera equipment. Yes. At festivals. If you, if you do it right, so if you wear all black, like we're talking black shoes, black jeans, black t-shirt, and you walk with the DSLR camera in your hand and look legit, and you walk with like serious confidence, like you're allowed to be everywhere, like get the fuck out of my way, like people are just going to stand aside. Yeah, if you walk with confidence for sure. Nowadays, it's a bit strict, I think, but yeah. I mean, I remember I, I did it. I had the, I had the credentials anyway, but yes. like. But you weren't exactly but, but allowed like, to buy a ticket to the festival. No, I didn't need to have credentials. Oh, no, it's okay. Cool. So I had yeah, access yeah. to be there, but okay. like, because I had so much confidence and had all the, like, I looked the part. Didn't even ask you on entrance. Like, sometimes they wouldn't even check that I had my tag. Not often, but like, or sometimes they check your tag and they recognize you the other times. But most of the time, if you look the part, like, there was definitely cases where, um, I mean, it also depends on the festival, you know, like, ultra is going to be, like, super strict and whatnot versus, yeah. like, you know, a We Love Summer event a while back or something like that. But, if you look the parts and walk around with confidence, like to a certain degree, you'll probably be able to get in. But why try get into a festival with all that stuff and then yeah, exactly. try party? You don't want to get drunk and worry about your, you know, thousand dollar camera. Yes, that's too much. Mm. But I think that's what made it so cool about when you were recording with the GoPro is because you didn't have to worry about that. You could be in the middle of a crowd in the middle of a marsh yeah. pit. But that's the thing is we we wanted to find a way to like the best experience at a festival is in the crowd it's not people think it's like behind the dj booth and people like froth to get behind the DJ. and i hate that would piss me off so much when i was filming festivals is all these guys and girls are like get behind the dj booth with their phones and selfies it's like that's not the place to be the best place to be is in the crowd like that's that that's where the best sound is the best fire the best everything is in the crowd like and we shot gopros because we couldn't have a lens that would zoom in you're yeah. forced to get into the action like sure you can get up in the dj area and it's cool you can go backstage and that's great but then you get into the crowd and you're like fuck yeah i get to party there it is. yeah like, this is the best part yeah like most of the time when we were filming like yeah. back in crotch camera days we were like okay what can we do to get everything done so that we can party as soon as possible and then it's like okay but you've got you know you've got skrillex on a 10 and you've got martin Garrix on 11 we have to get one shot of them so it's like cool just make sure we have our watches set and you go spend five minutes filming during the set, which is pretty much all you're allowed with the big international thing. Carry on party. It's yeah. awesome. But other people get so obs- obsessed with like, I don't know, maybe it's they're just trying to flex. Like, look at me with all my stage access and I'm on the stage the whole time. I'm just like, that would annoy me. That annoyed me so much. I remember filming this festival and there was this local DJ in South Africa. He's a really good producer, but he uses this filmmaker. Fuck, this, kid, this guy pisses me off. And he still, I don't know why this guy uses him. The filmer stands next to him on stage the entire time. Like, your job is, a, if you're good in the industry, you're not supposed to be seen. You get in and get the shot. You get the fuck out. Like, that's industry yeah. standard. This guy was standing up next to the DJ the whole time, just holding his camera, not moving. Like, 
that's a boring shot, dude. Like, like if you watch my videos, not one shot is still. Yes. If a shot is still, there's crazy editing on it. But yeah, I'm all I'm all about movement. And this dude was just standing there holding for me. I was like, what are you doing? And then he would put the camera down and start dancing and acting like he was, it was like a <laughs> DJ. It was like a DJ. I was like, and then some of us were just like, some, one of the other event organizers or stage managers like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this guy has nothing to do with the music and the DJ. And I don't know why the DJ let it slide. I mean, it's his filmer, but like, yeah, it was really weird, man. Like, and then, and then I'm, I want to get one shot of this DJ and then move on. And I've got his filmer and every, it's like, dude, just, just move for like one minute, please. Let me get a shot of the DJ. You're not the DJ. Yeah. So it's just like it's stage etiquette, and like I'll blame the stage manager for that. I don't think that happens as much nowadays. But if a DJ is bringing his own filmmaker, he can probably do what he wants. So. Yes. Yeah, but I think that's what was really cool with your footage as well, is because in the crowd, you see, oh, that's firstly where the party is, but mm. also the guys get super responsive, and I think that's kind of like exactly. when you're, you had that one video, kind of like the beginning when you're doing the festivals, where the girls would kiss the camera, and then mm. as the girl would kiss the camera, as you came off, it'd be another girl. Yeah. So a video which is not on my channel, which I'm really bummed out, isn't, but it's... Can um, we find it here? Yeah, it, was, it ended up being the only Skrillex video from when he played in 2012, 2013? Skrillex 2013 or something. We got people to lip-sync his song. No, just it was his own thing. How do you lip-sync? Skrillex 2013 South Africa? Obviously lip-sync the lyrics. 2013, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah lip-sync the lyrics. We got people to say different parts of the song and then we, we dubbed it. To, yeah, the second one. And um, um, exactly. he, he retweeted this and stuff like, um, yeah, don't put this on your channel for too long. You'll get a copyright strike. But um, no but basically everyone's singing the song. And um, and so you're telling her, can you say Yeah, this? but back then, that's when after movies were like in their prime. The, the Tomorrowlander one had just come out, the Ultra one. Everyone was just like dying to go to these festivals because of these insane after movies. Yes. So we timed it so perfectly like, we could walk up to anyone and be like, want to be in the after movie? And they would just be like, tell me what I need to do. I'll do anything. Yes. It was so, it made our job so easy. Yeah. People, people think this was happening naturally. Like, no, it's all planned out. But like most of the time, because it's difficult to capture natural moments with a GoPro because you're so in someone's face. Yeah. But if you go up to them and you say, hey, want to be in the after movie? 90% of the time, they're like, yes, tell me what I need to do. I'm all about it. You briefly explain it to them. Like, you know, not everyone's an actor, but most of the time, you could, if you did a good job directing, explaining, they would do what you needed to do. Yes. Sometimes they'd be too drunk and they just weren't capable of doing anything. But um, yeah, that that line worked so well. Hey, want to be in the after movie? Like, I don't think after movies are as big and as cool as maybe they're, maybe because I'm so removed from the scene. But um, no, nah, I think they're cool. Yeah, I haven't. Can you explain the crotch camera thing? Because <laughs> yeah, that's I think uh, there's a. There's that a need is to. very much a university part of my life. I think we still have the website, the crotch camera. Um, I know you got the Facebook page. Um, so basically, it was just myself and two mates from university. Strap cameras to your crotches. Well, we did that once, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically at UCT they had that whole sex appeal fundraising magazine yes. thing that you all the students run around in the traffic selling in the morning. Thing? I have or, no idea. Okay, never, was it I, not politically correct? I don't know. I'm not I'm not in the country now when they do that. It's usually Feb or something like that. But yeah. um, so the theme for our year, this was my first year, was bringing Saxy back. So everyone was, you know, dressed pretty crazy. So uh, Justin, the one guy, we took the GoPro head strap, but he put it on as like a thumb and had the GoPro <laughs> in his crotch. 
running around in traffic and snapping put on time lapse snapping photos and people thought it was really funny we edited the photos like in a with this funky editor and put them out and people loved it they thought it was cool so then we started then we just jokingly called ourselves the crotch camera that day we're like oh let's start a little facebook page run around uct snapping random gopro shots posting them up and people digged it and then um we just kept it as like a random little fun creative project as students like yeah. nothing serious at all um and then we tried to win tickets to that synergy music festival we didn't actually win the thing we wanted but uh red bull just came to the party last night like hey we saw you guys try to enter that thing but we'll hook you up with tickets and two cases and go have a jaw and, so like, and you guys we're basically we're like, an agency <laughs> <laughs> we're like sick this is awesome and we're like well there's a little thanks to yeah check out as a little thanks to Red Bull, we'll, we'll just make a fun little GoPro video at Synergy and that was the one that blew up and then that week, every festival in the country was like, hey, how much do you charge for festivals? And we're like, oh my God, Because you did that We did summer one that I thought was really cool. Yeah, we did quite a few summer ones. We, like, I only found out way later that the first video I did for them is like what helped them get a lot of their sponsorships for the next one, season, apparently. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a teaser video. It's also, it's so it's so interesting that mm. um, yeah we love summer guys are awesome they're super cool also, creative that the, and that blue they gave me a lot of creative freedom yeah blue rock yeah, yeah. it's like such a perfect cool, for you such a, a cool yeah exactly that's why I, like because are these all wakeboarders that guy's a pro wakeboarder it was he's from uh, I think he's from the Netherlands or something okay. um, could you open this up a bit but um basically, the music makes it the yeah can we we can play this can't we it's not on YouTube yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could play yeah. little bits of it, maybe. Um, you won't tell. But, um, yeah, they always gave me so much creative freedom. And um, they never hit me up in the beginning because they were like, yeah, we don't really have the budget for you. But I was like, I just want to do it because it's a sick project. And the one mate, the one guy was a mate from school. Um, and then we did that and it was awesome. And then they kind of like, hey, we, we now have budget to help support you and we want to work with you more. So that was, they were like yeah, one of my, cool, they were one of my favorite clients towards the end of my uh Festival, my days. festival days yeah and, and then, then i kind of just crotch camera i just kind of slowly faded the name into myself i realized like well because i'm i'm using my own name on youtube let's just kind of stick with that i was i would stick with that and then like if i did a festival i'd like branded crotch camera just sort of keep it separate but yeah so you I mean, wouldn't do any festivals anymore uh not really no. not for a festival i'd do it if like so my last festival edit was at rocking the daisies but visa were a sponsor so okay. Visa come along and they've got they've got the budget, not Daisy's. Like Daisy's asked me to shoot their official after movie last year, but I, I just quoted them a stupid amount. So because I didn't want to do it, so yeah, I just kind of wanted them to say yes. no. And if they said yes, it would have been like, well, holy shit, okay. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. I talk about that. But um, yeah, Visa came along and they're like, hey, we want to send you rocking the Daisy's. You have full creative freedom. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And full creative like, freedom. What? Hmm? No. No. Did I get it? Did I, did I get that? Oh, uh, credit freedom. Yeah. I said creative. Uh, yeah. Oh, did it? oh gosh. <laughs> Mark doesn't think I'm funny. If I make a joke, he always goes, no, get up. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. But uh, like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm over the festival scene, but it's just like, I prefer shooting, wakeboarding and surfing than yes. snowboarding. Like, if I can make money doing that, I'm going to do that instead of a festival. A festival once a year is fine, sure. Yeah. But it's not a massive, it's not something I'm like frothing to do anymore. Like, I won't lie, when you're or like the second time I did Ultra, I like did it once, I was like, this is awesome. And I love that scene. I remember like, I almost didn't go the second time. I remember rocking out there and just hearing the bass. And then I was like, 
fuck yes. <laughs> like, I can't believe I almost left this year. I was like, this is fucking cool, man. It is cool. It is cool. And so, um, like, for you now, you say, obviously, you prefer, like, the sports to, and, like, the tropical holiday kind of side of things is there anything specific you you chasing now like are you trying Surf, to get into surfing, sports surfing is just the thing i want to do the most right now it's like yeah. I've, I've had my fair share of snowboarding and wakeboarding it's like all i want to do right now is surf so i'm going to find a way to shoot surfing and okay you know marky feltman yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's in hawaii right now with koa and the guys is he still there mm. well he uh-huh. i think he went to new zealand but i think he went back to hawaii right now oh, cool yeah, he's a cool guy i've i've worked with him a little bit yeah I shout hope. out marky you yeah. freaking legend I helped shoot the little bodyboard movie that he made. I just got like literally two drone shots for it yeah. or something like that. But what was that called again? Really cool. Might as well shot that thing out. What was Marky's? I think it, it was, was, it was on, amazing. What was the guy's name? It was oh Ian, Ian Campbell. No, it wasn't Ian. It was oh, what was the guy's name? Um, I think it's felt. I think it's oh. Michael, not Mike. Uh, yeah. V L T. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's such a cool guy. Such yeah. a nice dude. Oh, he's in Melbourne at the moment. Yeah, that's what his Instagram thing. If you look on his story, he's with uh, Kerr. It's crazy how like all the photographers know each other and then the Dude, it's such a guys. small industry, yeah. man. It's insane. The action sports industry is tiny. Like I used to think it was big. It's so small, man. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows everyone. It's crazy. But it's also cool, man. It keeps it like a tight in the community. That was like such a mind-blowing thing for me the first time I went to america and saw the wakeboarding community i thought like i would think like the top guys that are always on the podium were like you know for lack of better terms like sworn enemies that never hang out i was like no they're like best mates they hang out train together like on the weekend they compete against each other and it's intense in that you know a few hours yes but they're like best mates that hang out all the time it's like such a rad community and it's cool because then they i think they know they need to be like that because it's not a big enough sport where you can just be dicks to each other like it's you need a you need a be a proper community and help grow the sport because it's that small. You can do that in soccer and rugby and other things that it doesn't really matter and have those kind of rivalries. But yes. in smaller action sports, you can't. You need to be supporting each other. You can't be hating on each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Man, that's cool. I'm excited to see you get into surfing. I'd love keen to see the different surf angles that you yeah. have to find. Yeah, I'm excited to get experimental. I'm, hopefully, I can do something with Koa. He's such a cool guy to work with. He just... He's never he's never too cool to try something different that might seem kooky at the time. Yeah, which is which Can you is. Give me an example of that. I um, I was on the snowboard trip with um, I won't say what brand, but the whole team was out there, and I was trying to get that third person mount that we put on Koa with the three sixty camera behind him. I was yeah. trying to put them on a snowboarder, and all the big shot guys were like not really keen or too cool for it. And like there was another really good snowboard filmer there that they all wanted to film with and rightly so but then finally the team manager was like grab this one dude um was like oh you should strap this on and he does a lap and then he posts it on his instagram story and everybody the next day is like oh where's the thing i wanted to say dude i asked you yesterday like you didn't trust me like you know so like it's it's i I dig when when athletes will i wouldn't say compromise but like not try to be too cool and be like okay i might look like a kook wearing this contraption for 30 minutes or less but uh, right now my portfolio is big enough where they know like just trust Chris because the shit the shots he gets are like we want that we trust his creative yeah. mind to that'll be something cool 
Yeah, it's taken a while for you yeah, to get. Yeah, exactly. So you, the hardest part is in the beginning convincing people. Like even even when I was filming like UCT wakeboarding club, I'd be like, "Oh, guys, do this, do that," and they're like, "That's so awkward," or whatever. It's like, and then the people I would convince to do it, um, the other people who shot. didn't, it's like, yeah. And then people were like, "Oh, why couldn't we?" It's like we didn't want to do that. Like that's why. I mean, that, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But but um, when people trust me on 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 just doing something that's maybe a bit different or like that's really weird that you can set up that contraption and make me look like an idiot but i trust that it'll be a cool shot so yeah i like i always appreciate when people let me push it a bit more yeah and so was that the reason you're going to endo soon was to try make a thing honestly out of i just wanted to get some more water barrels for myself okay. man i was gonna make a cool funky little surf edit um I was going with Dylan Lightfoot. He's a pro surfer from here. He's from JB originally. He used to be a fast fox. Mm, mm. Yeah, he's surfing so now. now. He's surfing on the QS. You know, he's, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. he's top 100 surfer. So he was supposed to be competing in Oz and New Zealand. Those all got cancelled, and we were going to meet in in a uh, in the men's wise now, and everything just got cancelled. So hopefully we can go shoot that later on this year. Um, but yeah, it was just going to be cool to shoot some stuff with him and just get some time for myself in the water. Cause that, that's, what's nice about those kinds of trips is like, that's why I do these things. It's like, I don't want to do them just, I like, I want to know what I want to wakeboard, yeah. you know, but like find a way to do it, and like make it, you know, sustainable that you can, you know, film a bit of it, get to ride yourself. And the cool thing with surfing is like, you can't do follow cam. So it's like fly the drone battery's dead. I'm in the water surfing. I'll give the athlete the cameras. They do all the work. I'm just having a jaw yeah. surfing. Sure, I'll do a few <laughs> a few paddles out and with the, run around with the GoPro in the water for like yeah. two sessions. But like, I'm surfing just as much as the athlete, which is awesome. Like I don't get to do that in snowboarding or wakeboarding nearly as much. Yeah, so. I mean, and that's interesting that we don't see a lot of that from you because like GoPros mm. basically help athletes record themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah surfing is the one thing i don't really like i feel myself snowboarding and for myself wakeboarding and now like you know a few years ago i, I wouldn't trust giving cameras anymore. but now the technology has advanced so much it's almost impossible to like mess the shot up yeah so previously if i gave a camera to an athlete they just weren't capable of doing any mm. like not get the shot but now with that hyper smooth technology i can give it to a wakeboarder his hand can be moving like this as long as he's aiming at me it's actually going to be a usable shot now which is like two years ago no ways no sure. ways. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you see GoPro moving forward in the next couple of years? Because the camera can't get any smaller. <sighs> That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think the camera needs to get any smaller. At least not by much. Um, we're at a point now which is very interesting because nobody's really caught up to GoPro yet. Like everyone's pretty much on par with resolution and frame rates everyone's got the 4k 60 and the 1080 240 the only difference is gopro is the only one that has all those resolutions and the stabilization built in but what a lot of people don't realize is like and i need to mention this more but like the 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 modes i use on a gopro are not available in any of the competing cameras like i shoot in four 2.7k four by three at 60 frames per second and like no other cameras provide those resolutions and frame rates and which uh, if the average person doesn't really need them someone like me i really want want to shoot in those modes um so but now we're at a point where i don't know i feel like the next thing is the last time we had a, a resolution and frame rates upgrade was with the hero 6 in 2017 so that's been three years now i feel like the next thing is you know 4k 120 2.7 240 like that's what i want that's what everyone wants yes i don't even know if that's possible yet no one's done it no one um 
So, and I mean, GoPro are usually at the forefront of that. And also from a business perspective, they've had no reason to do that because everyone else is still playing catch up. But if they're capable of doing it, like this is, yeah. the, this is the year to do it. Because like if DJI released another action camera, they are for sure going to be on par with the Hero 8, like the resolutions and the stabilization. So GoPro is definitely more user-friendly and um, the app interface and the way that works is really epic. But I hope we get... Uh, a resolution and frame rate like i just want like 400 frames a second i'll just lose my shit it'll be insane cool i don't you exactly know. know what that means but i'm sure i'll see it reflected it makes the, it makes crazy slow-mo look not slow-mo that's how slow it is okay <laughs> yeah it's nuts come on Flip, i think we should end this thing we've kept him here for too long yeah just <laughs> yeah before we end off i just want to say chris got you at like 12 o'clock Oh my god, it has been a while. We shot for a bit, for an hour or so, the garage band, which I will never recommend to anyone for the rest of my life, decided to crash, as I said, an hour in. Chris stayed around. We kicked it off strong on that one, man. And uh, yeah, I'm really (laughs) bummed with that first one. But yeah, we just stayed around and it is 22.5 at the moment. And bro, thanks so much. Of course, Um, man. Thanks for having me, Really appreciate it. And yes, he's as much as a good on the camera as he is off the camera. Ah, he's talking shit. Yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet, shake it back, bro. Thanks Thanks so much. Yeah. You. That's a wrap, boys. Go on, baby. Go on. Awesome. Awesome.